The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. is going on everybody welcome to another fun episode of dangerous world podcast this is a monday night master debaters intro and the video will be available on youtube for this as well because i'm going to go through a uh, interesting little site here uh for episode 46 of the debaters and what it is is uh it's a site called what the fuck happened in 1971 i'll actually show you real quick before we start rolling into it. But yeah, again, the video will be available here on YouTube. If you hear dogs barking, there is something flying over my home right now. So that's what that is. But uh, 46 was a fun one here. If you follow the Great Deception podcast, you have already heard this and you should have heard this last week. And I always, uh, you know, of course, post these a week late with my own kind of intro at the beginning, uh, usually 30 minutes or so for those that don't know. And um if you're just finding me on YouTube here, obviously go over to the podcast feed. That's where we get most of the shit. Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. You guys already know about that. If you've been following the show, uh, put a lot of stuff over there and it's a good time. And of course, DangerousWorldStore.com. So going to be going through this What the Fuck Happened in 1971 site. Several charts that show serious problems in, uh, I mean, these lines on these graphs go the opposite way that you would want them to go. Now, what happened in 1971? Well, Nixon got us off the gold standard, right? Nixon, of course, uh, one of these very interesting characters in political history. A strange guy. Um, seems kind of like a pawn in many senses. But, um, you know, before we get into that, I did want to say that uh, Julia from the Cosmic Peach podcast and uh, Mikey J from KGUP uh, joined us on this one. It was a fun one, man. We just talked about all kinds of shit. You know what the Monday Night Master Debaters is all about. It's about nothing. It's about everything. It's about whatever you want it to be, whatever the guests and everybody want it to be. And um, Matt's kind enough to have me uh, on there every week as well. So it's it's been a blast of a show. But let's get into this. I mean, 1971, strange year, and a lot of shit starts happening here. This first chart that we see is literally just growth in productivity and hourly compensation since 1948. And you see that productivity and compensation 
are rising really in tandem here until 1971, 1972 is the date that's actually listed on here, the year. And you see a serious breakaway. Productivity is up 246% as of 2017. I can't imagine it has slowed much. I'm sure the pandemic put a little dent in that. But compensation's only up 115%. So the 115% increase in compensation versus the 240% increase in productivity. What does that mean for anyone out there that doesn't really fully understand that? It means that people are more productive and they're not getting paid what they should, right? About half. You're getting paid about half of what you were. Really since about, I would say, I mean, it says here, 1972. I'm not sure why they're, um, why the chart goes back to 48. I guess, you know, this was just the year that, that they chose, but we got to, bunch more of these here and it really just kind of does illustrate the entire idea that you know getting off the gold standard is probably not the best move right and then uh just the the running into the ground of this country really since 1971 and and you know me i try to fuck around with these numbers i'm not i'm so bad at math and i'm really not understanding of numbers i think that's why it's so interesting to me i know for a fact that the elite care about numbers and numerology in some way, shape, or form. I believe that a lot of them care about astrology as well um, and just studying of the stars and the planetary fingerprints of certain dates and all these things. They've got to. I mean, a lot of it lines up. People get a little crazy with the numerology. I've been guilty of it in the past. Um, but, man, it is, it's, it's strange that uh you know 66 is a big one 666 all these things i took 66 years from 1971 and i believe it was uh 2037 i want to say because clearly some ritual began in 1971 right let me double check that 1971 plus 66 yeah 2037 so we're not there yet i'm not saying anything's going to happen but people do say that the world's going to end and they've been saying this since the dawn of time, but they've been saying it like 2046, um, all this shit, right? Now, um, 1963 being another significant date because this is when JFK, of course, gets shot in the street. What was that? November 22nd, 1963. So let me do a little 1971 minus 1963 here. See what we get. We get eight. I mean, eight years when it comes. I mean, eight is the number of money, right? Sideways figure eight is um it's like the infinity symbol maybe 63 was the beginning of some sort of ritual and then 71 um it's going to funnel more money into the elite maybe that's why the eight would come in there i'm not saying that any of this is legit i'm just saying you know some of it it, it does make sense if you're willing to look at it from uh, a skeptical perspective and if you already uh you know are are not a big fan of what these people have done to us over the years then sure, I mean, lay it on me, right? Now, what's this one here? We got real GDP, real wages, and trade policies in the United States from 1947 to 2014. Now, you see here, right at 1971, real GDP per capita continues on this rate of going up. And by contrast, the real median weekly earnings of full-time workers has really gone completely flat and even declined since 1971. 
You also have average real wage CPI, average real wage GDP deflator, and then real GDP per FTE. Uh, FTE is full-time equivalent worker. So, I mean, that's in ascending order. Real median weekly earnings is flat versus real GDP per capita starting in 1971. It's insane. When you see these, again, the website WTF happened in 1971.com. You'll see some articles and some websites trying to like talk shit about it, but I mean, a, a lot of what they say on here does make a lot of sense, and a lot of it's troubling, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one of these, because if you are watching on YouTube here, you can see there are quite a few, but um, income growth from top 1% earners and then bottom 90% of earners, you can see it's fairly level from, oh shit, what is this, 1915, we'll say. Um, yeah, 1915 we'll go with very, very level until 1940. And then it starts seriously changing. You start seeing a lot of the bottom 90% earners really start making more money than the elite, like percentage wise, right? Bottom 90% of earners are shooting up and they go from uh, 50% up to 200% from 1940 to 1971. Okay, again, and you see the top 1% of earners continuously sort of kind of climbing very slowly until about mm, 1985, 1986, and then it skyrockets up. But they do point at 1971 here where the bottom 90% of earners, that's you and me and probably everybody listening, this is when we started staying 100% stagnant, okay? So... The top 1% of earners uh, really, really starting to profit massively in like 1981, 1982 era, uh, right around there, okay? Now, this one is pretty troubling. I'm actually going to zoom in here a little bit for my bad eyes to see. Um, This is a relentless 50-year decline of wages um, from 1971 to about 2020 or so. Now, the blue line, if you're checking this out, is shares of growth, gross domestic income, compensation of employees paid, uh, wages and salary accruals, uh, and then uh, distributments, disbursements, I'm sorry, disbursements to persons. I can't read. But yeah, you see this here. And wow, it's, I mean, it's nuts. You have, uh, looks like about 1950, 1940, maybe. Uh, somewhere in the middle there, 42 we'll go with. Pretty level. I mean, some pretty, uh, you know, interesting oscillation there. It's bouncing up and down. And then it peaks, ties its old peak uh, in about 1950 or so. Ties its old peak in 1971 and just does nothing but fall to present day. So, again, this is the wages that have just declined and your buying power is going down at this point right uh they show income concentration at the top uh income share of top one percent relative to bottom 90 percent and it it really has it fell in the 30s during the great depression right and uh stayed pretty low from 45 to 71 and then starts shooting back up again you get the idea here right now this one's pretty good too there are some other things here that aren't just about um, income inequality and things like that between the, the wealthy and the poor. 
something happens that makes the women get involved in the workforce more. And I'm all for like equal rights. Everything should be equal between everybody. Right. But why, why would the state want both parents in a household working or, or two people in a household working the mother and the father? Uh, this was the standard back then. There wasn't a whole lot of men and women living together that were just dating. Right. This is kind of a, a new thing that has really been going on as of, I don't know, 1980, maybe. Um, you see this this massive change in this, and, and it's one of the, the charts that is pretty close down here. But uh, real GDP per capita and median male income, okay? The GDP and the male income are right on par with each other from 1947 up to 1971. And then with actually, which in, what's interesting here is the real GDP per capita, for the most part, is under the median male income up until 1971. Shortly after 1973 or so, they change median male income, this red line here, shoots sideways. And then the real GDP per capita skyrockets. Um, I don't know what these units are on the side here. It shows increments of 50 starting with 100 going up to 350. And you do have to remember too, like anyone that's like done any time in school at all, it's interesting that they do portray these charts. I mean, if this was at zero at the bottom and then 350 at the top, this chart would look much different. Starting this thing at 100 at the bottom makes it look a lot more drastic than it is, but it is also to illustrate the point that, hey, we're getting fucked a little bit here, okay? Um, they have a note on that one. Series calculated, uh, I'm sorry, series calculated using the implicit GDP deflator uh 2009 money i guess it says dollar sign 2009 both series 1948 equals 100 i don't know exactly what that means but they felt it important enough to get in there female median income on the other hand has stayed the exact same again the blue line being gdp per capita and the red line being female income so females are making a lot more money since 1947 which is great but why can't men do the same thing? You, you see the difference here. And hopefully my uh, video of myself isn't blocking that. GDP continuously rising. 70, 1971 male income flattens, right? Looks like it's actually on a downward trend as of 2000. And then the opposite for the females, right? Good for the girls. Good for the ladies. Good for the women. But I mean, bad for, for the family unit, I would say. Now, this is really interesting to me. I'm going to have to zoom out here a little. Um, the title of this graph is America has become a nation of dual income working couples. This is what I was talking about. The state trying to get both parents to work so that A, the kid's alone, or B, the kid needs the state to raise them. The schools, the daycares, the churches, whatever. Okay, There's not many kids that get watched in churches anymore, but you get the idea here. Um, this purple line is both spouses working since 1937, it says here. And this is from the Tax Foundation, I guess. Um, the blue line is husbands only working, and the red line is wife only working. Wife only working has gone from 1937, which that doesn't show. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Take back what I said. The Tax Foundation was started in 1937. This chart starts shortly after 1965, okay? We'll say 1967. 2% in 1967 for wives only working, up to 7% in 2009. 
of wives only working. I would say that now it's maybe up to 20, maybe 30. I mean, there are a lot of women that make more money than the men. And with OnlyFans and things like that, I know for a fact that there are a lot of especially younger moms that are working more than the men are. I don't know what that says for society, but I will say that it probably emasculates or demasculinizes. Is that it? Uh, emasculates the men quite a bit. And uh, I don't know what that does behind the scenes, but it can't feel good. You know, if you're living traditionally like a lot of Republicans do and your wife starts making more than you, you may feel like a little bit shitty deep down. But hey, it's all going in the same pockets. I say marry a richer lady. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. Now, with husbands only working uh, in 1967, 38 percent of husbands only working to 2009, 21 percent, a fairly sharp decrease over those years. And now this is what's troubling. And you see where 1971 uh, comes into play here, right here, right? Where this red arrow is. This is when everything starts changing. You have uh, both spouses working in 1967, 47%. And it's rising sharply until about 1990. And it really levels out, goes from 47% to 66%. But that is the only chart that has really climbed that much. I mean, the husband only working has dropped significantly and the wife only working has risen 5% according to this. So interesting, right? Now, this one um, wasn't significant to me necessarily. This is um, a top des- decile. I don't even know that word. Share in the United States national income dropped from 45 to 50% in the 1910s and 20s to less than 35% in the 50s. This is the fall documented by Kuznets. It then rose from less than 35% to the 1970s, in the 1970s to 45 to 50% in the 2000s and the 2010s. Again, I don't even understand what this one is, but it doesn't look good, okay? Now, oh, this was a fun one here. Cost of living, okay? Cost of living, we all know shit's gone up crazy. Living costs and then some food costs I'll throw out there for you. Just real basic shit. New house in 1971 cost $25,200, uh, $25, okay? Average income was 10622 A new car was $3,560, $3,560, okay? My little car that I got, which is a nice little used car, was $1,000 more than this. You can get a brand new car built really high quality in the 70s for a fraction of I mean a new car right now on the cheap end will cost you $17,000 a very very cheap car we're talking like a Kia and I think Kias are even more than this now um average rent $150 that's what my electric bill was last month $150 for rent I think the cheapest rent I've ever had living with three other dudes was 300 bucks okay now, this is rent for an entire home or an apartment. Tuition at Harvard, $2,600 per year. That can't get you in a community college these days. That's always been a ripoff, but still, Harvard University, imagine that, $2,600. A movie ticket was $1.50. No one goes to the movies anymore. Gasoline, $0.40 cents per gallon. And a postage stamp, which really isn't used that much anymore, is $0.80. Cents. Now, food. This was a problem for me because you know me. I like my foods. Granulated sugar, 62 cents for five pounds. Vitamin D milk, $1.17 per gallon. 
ground coffee, 98 cents per pound. Bacon, I know you all love bacon, 80 cents per pound. Eggs, 45 cents a dozen. I mean, have you ever seen food that'll feed you for a week cost less than $5? I mean, you can go to the grocery store, feed a family for what looks like $5 here, including luxuries like coffee, okay? Coffee is a luxury. A lot of people see it as a necessity. We run on caffeine in this country. America does run on Duncan, right? Uh, fucking a breakfast right here. Bacon and eggs with, I'm sure, some, yeah, bread. Fresh break bed. Bread, 25 cents per loaf. So for a two-person household, that's enough toast in the morning for a week. A dozen eggs. Two of you can have an eggs basically, or yeah, two of you can have two eggs basically half the week, right? Six, six, right? Uh, 45 cents, double that. We'll call, we'll call it 90 cents, 25. So you're, you're dollar fucking 10 right here, dollar 15. And then your bacon, 80 cents, $2 fucking 25 cents. You're having a nice breakfast every single day of the week for less than $5. It's crazy. That is insane. Now, uh, I mean, by contrast, eggs cost like the cheapest eggs. You can get shitty eggs, $3 where I'm at. Okay. What is that? That's a 600% increase? Five or 600%? It's nuts. And I know that we know this shit, but it's kind of crazy to see the numbers. Bacon is like $10 a pound. So that's like, well, yeah, about a pound. Um, 80 cents versus $10. That's essentially a 1000% markup over what? 50 years. That's nuts. It's fucking nuts. Uh, I mentioned the bread, a uh, pound of ground beef, 62 cents per pound. That's going through the roof right now. I'm sure that we're at about 2000% increase at this time, uh, with all the crazy shit going on with the meat shortages and all that shit. It's nuts. It's really nuts to see it, um, laid out like that. And again, we know that everything was cheap, but, but pretty shitty. Cause our, our as the first chart that I showed says our wages have not increased to compensate for that. So everything's going up between two to two thousand two hundred to 2,000% for common goods. And our income's gone really stagnant. That's the buying power shrinking. That's scary stuff. I'm sipping a beer real quick. Now, unit price per can of uh, Campbell's Condensed Soup, one of America's oldest companies, a staple in a lot of houses, Starts out as 10 cents in 1989, it looks like. And you see it really going level until, guess when? 1971. And then it starts skyrocketing to 2022. We have it at about a dollar, a little less than a dollar. Average price nationwide. I understand it may be cheaper or more expensive where you're at. But seeing that chart... It lets you know that there's something to the idea of getting off the gold standard. And the gold standard is not just going to, I mean, that's not the only thing at play here. It's significant and we we notice it. But why, again, the breaking up of the family unit, the nuclear family being broken up, that is something completely different than just, uh, you know, the gold standard shit. There's, there's a lot at play here. That's why I tend to think that this is somewhat ritualistic. That's why I mentioned the eight years after JFK's assassination. There's something to this. And um, there's a whole website dedicated to it again. So what was this one here? Cumulative inflation. Who cares? 
Um, consumer price index. Okay, this is a, a very, very interesting one here. Uh, 1913, what's this, just before World War One? it says? So, I mean, things, you see spikes at every war. You have the revolution. This is nice. It goes back to 1775. So 1776, you see a price spike in consumer price index, okay? It spikes. Now, not too much. All these spikes look like fucking child's play compared to the current spike that we're seeing. Revolutionary War, you see a spike, and it kind of trends sideways. Then you see a gradual uptick to the War of 1812, but then it drops, and it stays very low until shortly after the Civil War, it looks like, right? And then, boom, you get a nice spike there, and it goes drops back down and goes pretty level. World War One is the most significant spike that they've seen in the consumer price index. Never gets back down to where it was, and then it starts rising at World War II, and then it continues to rise today. I mean, the one that, that you're seeing right now in... I mean, even before 1971, it's almost like they knew, like it was a plan to get off the the gold standard. You see it just shooting up. Um, Insane. Very, very interesting. Now, this is kind of cool, too. Um, That's the source of the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. This is Electricity, Food, and Fruit, CPI. This is out of the St. Louis Federal Reserve data, I'm guessing, the Fed. Um, you see electricity in green, food in blue, and red uh, is the fruit here. 1971, everything is kind of similar. Fruit has gotten massively expensive since then, more so than electricity. So why is electricity cheaper than like basic foods? And then, uh, you know, much, much cheaper than basic fruit. On the bright side, it does look like fruit's kind of leveling off there uh, as of July 2006. But, um, yeah, wait. Yeah, July 2006, 2196. Okay. Yeah, the I don't like the way that they do these charts, to be honest. They're kind of fucking confusing. And, again, you can really manipulate the way that something looks with all this stuff. But, again, bad shit. What do we see here? The price index in uh, the most significant-looking ones look to be um, New York and Boston. And then you also see, oh, okay, so this is median house price and then median income. So the blue and yellow here are the house price and the gray and red are the income in these different cities. You can see that up until 1971, they are all on par with each other. But then the house prices, middle average house price skyrockets. And it really gets a little bit erratic here. It, it pops up and down. It has a higher oscillation rate, I guess, than the um, incomes. But Jesus, I mean, it, it pops up to 200%, 250%. And then the lowest it swings back down is 100% where uh, of a change versus the income really only going up max 60%, 70% today, or really in 2017. Fucked up. Real fucked up. Now, what's this one here? This one looks weird. Average sales price of houses sold. Minimum hourly wage to non-farm workers for the United States. Okay. I mean, yeah, we see a, a massive crash in 2009. Um, Well, no, 2008. Sorry. Right? This is the, the mortgage meltdown. 2007, 2008. 
And we're back right now to pre-crash levels, but uh, it's still not a good look. I mean, it has been climbing very significantly. Man, when, when things crash, that's the time to buy shit. I mean, I think we all know that, but man, if you have a little cash when things crash, buy some real shit. Like, fuck the bank. Don't let it sit in the bank. Australian mortgage payments, we don't really need to pay too much attention to this, but it does. I mean, there are quite a few Australian listeners. You have Sydney, Melbourne, it uh, looks like, and Australia, I guess. I mean, uh, Australia as a whole, and then these two uh, considerably sized cities. Uh, Sydney, I'm kind of looking at this as I go, so forgive me if it's a little choppy here. But yeah, I mean, you see, I mean, Sydney's kind of consistently more expensive than everywhere else. Um, but yeah, in 1971, it, the the total cost of mortgage payments has, has shot up. When it was kind of having its good years and bad years before, really skyrockets uh, after that. And again, WTF happened in 1971.com. So you get the idea here. Crazy stuff. Home value change versus income change. 1965 to 19 uh, to 2021 the teal line without even looking at it is the value and then the blue line which is very steady is the income change let's see if i'm right yep yes sir home value change jumping up i'm assuming by 100,000 starting off 20,000 10,000 uh, somewhere in there, and then going up to 120,000. Wild shit. Wild, wild shit. Um, yeah, now some of these are just getting insanely complicated, so I'm not going to go through all of them. But again, you see some uh, very, very crazy shit here. They show a currency crash dating all the way back to like the Napoleonic Wars. And so obviously this is before, I don't know exactly the date there, maybe 1810, 1820. Um currency rising up when the wars are about to start and then the wars start and then the shit drops and it's gone relatively level but in 1971 we had a massive spike start and it goes i mean this is a a, a crazy one to look at here flat and then a fucking jump up and now you know as of today it seems to have gone back down uh but you know you got to realize too this is all manipulated shit right what is this us national debt well we know that's bad uh 1900 to 2020 boy uh whew. yeah so this is in trillions of dollars starting off in what 19 yeah 1900 non-existent compared to today and then 1940, you start to see it increase, right? Goes fairly level. It looks okay. It looks manageable until 1971. And you get massive, massive increases all the way up to 2020, where we're at $23 trillion, I guess. That doesn't sound right. That sounds low. But let me see if I can actually find U.S. national debt. I had that great um, site where it showed like how much like the real uh, value of silver and the real value of gold and the, what the national debt is and what the debt per citizen is. Um, 
It's, of course, not an easy fucking find. But it says, oh, 2019, 18.74 trillion. So, yeah, it sounds like that would actually be uh, 23 trillion is probably actually correct there. Hopefully, I'm going to stop sharing this just so I can get back there. Sometimes when you try and share something on Zoom and then you get away from it, it really fucks you. So, let's see. Yeah, so can you, hopefully this is popping up. Um, But yeah, isn't that nuts just to think about like, you know, the manipulation going on, who it benefits. I think we kind of know who it benefits, but shit, it, it's, it's crazy to see. This one here, the beige U.S. monetary gold and um, the red line being external dollar liabilities and the blue line being official external dollar liabilities. Um. I don't I don't really understand the difference. I guess one would be like a hypothetical or not an official, but then the official would be obviously a little lower. But we know the truth's always a little worse than what they tell us. So, uh yeah, just a lot a lot a lot of problems. A lot of problems. I'm trying to do my Trump impersonation. Now, yeah, I I just encourage everyone to go and check this out. It's they get pretty complicated. Uh, but all it takes is you just kind of look in there. I don't want to like give a bunch of dead air here. Uh want to put the video out without any edits. So, yeah. I mean, oh, world capital energy consumption. This is nice. Biofuels is the only one that's gone down. Coal is starting to drop. Oil has sharply increased. Not as much as natural gas and not as much as hydro, electronic cars, and not as much as nuclear. So nuclear is really shot up. I'm sure that these are all by percentage. Um, these can't be. I mean, we're not using more nuclear than we're using natural gas. These have to be like percentages. So maybe a little more misleading. Um, ooh, okay. This is nice. Ideological positions of the major major parties. Uh, I really slurred that. This beer must be getting to me more than I thought. Conservatives being the red, um, liberals being the blue, more conservative. Yeah, so you've got quite a few more conservatives popping in in 1971 and less liberals popping in. We see a sharp change in that now, but uh, we also do know that the parties have flipped around, right? The Republicans are kind of taking on the position of a lot of liberals, and the liberals are kind of doing the position of the conservative so i don't know if that's very significant or not it definitely shows according to the data that it is but uh yeah just a lot of lot of problems i'm telling you but with that being said um i think that was the last one no it is not percentage of children born to unwed women oh boy let me take a sip of this because black people have the the worst rate here and it's gonna sound bad but i didn't come up with data don't shoot the messenger here hold on so 28.6% of an increase from about 1930 of children being born to unwed women. Not the worst thing. If you want a kid and you don't want to get married, hey, bring a kid into the world. Just make sure that, that kid's taken care of and is raised right. But since 1971, you see the sharpest increase among black people. 72% increase from, again, 1930. But the increases are fairly sustainable until 1971, this is where, I mean, it, it goes off the charts. Now, Hispanics were not tracked, it looks like, until 1980. 
Okay, they probably didn't have like enough of a population for the data to care, I guess, which is kind of strange. There's always been a lot of Hispanics or Mexicans, as I call them in this country. I understand it's like Latinos, all the different, you know, Central American. 52% increase, which I'm surprised at that, actually. I, I thought that that would be higher uh, than the black community even. Because I remember in school, in elementary school, they were telling us that uh, Latinas had the highest pregnancy rate, uh, like Latina teenagers and, um, you know, young, mature, young grown women, right? Younger ladies, like let's say 17 to 24 and probably even younger, unfortunately. A lot of young Latinas have kids. Um, it's fucked, man. It's fucked up. But yeah, I think, to be honest, and I don't want to sound like a dick here, I'm talking like 18 and up, really like 20 and up. These are good looking girls usually, right? They're probably like getting led on by a lot of different dudes. They've got the goods to share it and they share it irresponsibly more often than not. I think that they're starting to get a handle on that hopefully, but yeah, man, it is, um, it's brutal. It's brutal to see. Now no one wants whitey anymore. So that's only gone up 28.6%. Uh, realistically, it may be because the white family unit has been more solid over the years especially since 1930. I mean, we know that there has been an attack on the black family first and probably realistically also the Hispanic family minorities, right? The white family units largely been left alone, at least, you know, out in public until recently. There's been an attack on all of us for quite some time. We're just starting to see a lot of this stuff now. So children per women. Wow. Wow. Okay. So in 1971, Holy shit. So in 1950, really, well, it starts. The average child that a woman had was five. That doesn't sound right, but this is what the data says. Five children. And then it goes down to like 4.75, back up to five in 1970. And in 1971, something about the propaganda and the things that were pushed to people, overpopulation, uh, at this time, global cooling, right? Uh, makes it drop down to two and a half. And yeah, I remember hearing that when I was a kid, uh, you know, that the goal for every family was to have two and a half kids and a white picket fence. And I remember thinking as a kid, how the fuck do you have two and a half kids? And my dad had to explain, well, that's just the national average and all this shit. But yeah, interesting to see that drop the fuck off in 1971. So it wasn't just the gold. It was some sort of push, political uh, pop cultural, uh, everything. I mean, uh, everything changed in 1971 for the worse. It looks like meat consumption. Uh, this will be the last chart here. Beef has been dropping since 1971. It spiked actually, uh, in 1978, 1979, uh, and then really starts falling. Uh, pork has gone fairly level throughout time. Uh, at least in modern history chicken has skyrocketed and then all leading meat is trending up but beef is going down so what does that say i would say that um people are getting turned off from beef we're told that it's unhealthy right we're told chicken's very healthy even though it's oftentimes not true especially the antibiotics and the the liberal rules not liberal political party but just the the laissez-faire rules when it comes to um the quality of chicken i mean the chicken can be 90 percent tumor and still be able to to be sold. So 
fucked up shit. I mean, it's weird. It's crazy to think about this stuff. But man, um, 1971, again, the website, WTF happened in 1971. Looks like a lot happened in 1971. So uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to share that with you all. And hopefully you enjoyed that. If you're catching this on YouTube, there is an entire episode, a conversational type, uh, not really debate, but just a conversation between me, uh, Mikey J of KGUP, um, Julia from the Cosmic Peach, and then, of course, Matt, the host of the show, every single week, every Monday in the evening we have these chats. He usually either posts them that Monday, uh, and they're real current events, fun, fun chats, and... um, Either post them that night or either or, or the, the following Tuesday in the morning. So you can catch it on your way to work or whatever. And then I post them the next week uh, with something like this. So I'll be doing, if they're visual things, I'll, I'll be throwing these on here on YouTube. And if you're listening on the audio feed, thank you so much. You've been helping the show grow. Tell your friends about it, man. But yeah, check out this website. I think that it's interesting. Have conversations with friends about it and shit. But until next time, guys, talk to you later. Uh, great episode, by the way. Coming out with an awesome author, M.R. Gorga, he goes by. He's a number one best-selling author. I'm not going to talk about his work yet because this will be the next episode that I'm putting out. Just a great conversation that we had. Um, kind of right in time for spooky season, right? Halloween's coming up. All this weird shit that goes on, uh, you know, behind the scenes when Halloween's around. And, and just this weird time of year. Great time of year, though. I love this time of year. Um awesome conversation i think you guys are all gonna love that i might put the video up here on youtube as well just to it's not a dangerous topic uh nothing political nothing uh that should get me kicked off so thank you all for the support enjoy episode 46 of the master debaters big thanks to matt for hosting as always make sure you check out the great deception check out the dangerous world podcast if you haven't heard of that one yet guys so thank you so much enjoy the show and welcome to another Monday night master debaters Labor Day. A lot of people had the day off. I know I did. I was traveling, got back this afternoon, long weekend in Connecticut. It was nice though. Got to see the family. I am not rejuvenated. I will need tomorrow to rejuvenate, but that's why I have these lovely people on to join me tonight. Julia, how are you, hon? I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for having me back, Matt. How's everything going on the peach? Oh, it's just fantastic. I'm preparing for Halloween already. I have like all my episodes mapped out for the whole month of October. You'd be hard pressed to find a better Halloween spread than Cosmic Peach Podcast. Nice. I like I, I like how you get into those themes. So most most episodes are are usually two parters at, at a minimum, and it, it breaks it up and it gives it a little different feel too because they're not it's not like one steady. It's like two separate episodes, but they mesh together well. Mm, so bravo! You. I love thank it. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Mikey, how are things? Doing great here. I mean, uh, just got off a three day, well, two days. Uh, camping out in uh, Lake Louisville up in Texas. That was a fun experience and uh, got to, you know, live on, live on nature and, and just, just soak in without all the, the internet and social media crap. <laughs> Did you go tech free? Uh, well, I mean, I, 
all the devices were there, but I, I put it on airplane mode and tried to go as completely off grid as I could. You know, I took a bunch of photos and stuff, but nice. you know, yeah. Try to keep it low key, but it's good to be back. I mean, good, good to see you guys. Yeah. Especially Ryan, Matt and Julia, I'm very aware of you guys and love listening to your shows for sure. Thank you. Welcome. And Miss Zari, this is the first time I've had the pleasure of meeting you. How are you? Absolutely. I'm good. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I'm I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Most certainly. Last but not least, Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? Good as always, man. Same old stuff over here, you know, just uh freaking I, i'm trying to lose weight so i'm like working out and i'm not drinking right now because i'm gonna go hit my punching bag after this and i just feel like shit so we'll see how good this goes and uh you know i may be a little uh be a little irritable right now i'll tell you that but so, we'll see how it goes see and that's the gift and the curse of it it's like to to really dedicate to it and you know really push your body and 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 dedicate your diet and drink water and try and eat clean it's fucking miserable you know yeah, i got a little coconut water you can't see it there it is yeah i mean fucking... it is it's not fun like cheating is a lot of fun on you know yeah. having cheap meals and having having drinks and but at the same time the results are well worth it you oh, know, sure. and, and that's the thing when you get there and you, you know, you can finally look and, and you're like, man, I did it. That's, that's worth more than a couple, a couple nights. You're out. probably going to have to like detox Ryan. Why do you say that? Because you are not used to this. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I I've done it like on short stints before, you know, I've, I've kind of like tried to go sober, but I'm not going to cut it out altogether. Like I'll still drink um mm -hmm. I, i'd rather die than not drink ever honestly i think and like <laughs> just like how some people like they'd rather eat like shitty food you know and like they're like like the doctor tells them like you're going to die if you don't stop eating donuts or whatever their their guilty pleasure is that's that's life i mean like if you if you're like sitting there and you're eating celery sticks all day just so that you can feel good or look good or whatever you're not going to be 100 percent happy i don't think like I, I think it's a big facade when people uh, I, I do agree with what you're saying, Matt, where like, you know, it's it's nice to feel good, but I mean, feeling good is, I mean, you got to drink a little bit as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not, I'm not living a little, completely. right. I mean that, that whole strict, strict, strict diet, 24, seven, 365. It's like, okay, I understand if that's what you need to live, but uh, I can't do it. You got to have that. a balance. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I need my, you know, I, I see it as like a, a reward right that's the that's the carrot that i dangle out there for myself yeah. and I, I don't know how you all approach it but you know i, I like to i like to feel like if i accomplish something i i, I like to treat myself and that's well, that's what that is I, I do um intermittent fasting so which is basically i starve myself for a large portion of the day then i eat like a pig for the rest of it and for whatever reason that works it works too well and actually, I was talking to Zari about it because she was like, oh, you know, I've been doing whatever. And I was like, you need to get on that intermittent fasting because I dropped weight like that. And I just don't eat essentially from whenever I wake up in the morning until like 1.30 in the afternoon. And then I go eat Sonic freaking chili cheese dog 
<laughs> whatever until I get home I might eat something for dinner around like 6 30 and then I don't eat the rest of the day but I'm not like foregoing all the delicious stuff to diet it's it's weird like your body takes time in the morning to like digest all the crap you ate from the day before so that time in the morning gives you time to like take several craps drink a lot of water, and then you just drop weight. I don't know what the secret is to the intermittent fasting, but it works. Yeah, and that's it's, yeah. it's interesting because what have we been told our whole life? The most important meal of the day is breakfast, mm -hmm. right? Eat three and, meals yeah, a day. Yes. But, yeah. but if you go back and look at what breakfast really is, breakfast was kind of a mid-morning meal um, originally. It wasn't oh, a... Yeah a rise and shine thing it was like a 10 30 11 o'clock meal and that was when you would break your fast from the night before so um yeah it's interesting though because our breakfast is full of sugars it's full of heavy dairy uh, you know stuff so well I this is a good time to insert a little conspiracy theory about the kellogg guy yeah. <laughs> and like Oh, don't yeah. eat meat because it'll make you horny and don't do eat um what was the cereal he came up with like basically eat many meats corn it's flakes cor plain like, corn flakes yeah yep. plain ass corn flakes that's what you need to have and five shits a day and if you can't shit you use enemas to shit like that was i saw there was a movie with them like a, a hot major hollywood movie with like uh matthew broderick and tons of like high high level actors and shit. Have you guys seen that? No. No. Yeah, it's. Let me see if I can find what it is here. It was pretty good. It was very conspiratorial too. Anthony Hopkins is the Kellogg guy. Um, I'll see it right now. I'll find it. Well, and then Tony the Tiger comes in and hijacks cornflakes and just coats them in sugar and runs with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom used to buy me Rice crispy treats cereal which was just a big hunk of a rice crispy treat that had been double dipped in preservatives <laughs> so the milk didn't make it soggy and that's what we had and then like my grandma would serve the regular no sugar added plain ass rice krispies and then she would just dump like six spoons of sugar and cut a banana <laughs> And that shit was delicious. I could eat that all day long. But it's like you said, Matt, I mean, we should not be eating that whatsoever for no. breakfast. No, anything from those middle aisles on the breakfast shelves, stay away from because that's just toxic. Yeah. Straight ass poison for breakfast. Yep. I mean, you just look at the whole concept of cereals. I mean, the... They went from trying to be healthy and nutritious to just straight up sugar-coated whatever. Mm, um, I can get down on some some Raisin Bran Crunch, though. I mm -hmm. love Raisin Bran Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I, honey O's used to get me. That was like my poison with cereal. I could sit down and eat a whole box of Honey O's. Honey O's? Why do mm. I feel like that's the Aldi brand of something? There, there was probably an there was probably an offshoot of them called like O's or something like that because it was very that's all it was it was just a honey o. o. Are you talking Cheerios? No, <laughs> these are honey O's. These are like uh, 
Ah, uh, they they looked like an O, and they were coated in honey, and they had little granola flakes on them. So it's like Honey Nut Cheerios. A little bit, yeah, but it was they were a lot thicker. Okay, huh. maybe maybe Ryan oh, you know and I, Zari would remember this, but do you guys remember Oreos? Yes, which was essentially just. Did you eat the, anybody but me Oreos? Oreos? I think I had them once. Okay, yeah, that was. Are we just talking like the regular Nabisco ones? You said that kind of like is that like an off brand? No, it was or? a cereal, and it was like little tiny. It looked like oh. Cheerios, but they were chocolate, and they had like the icing on them, and you just yeah. Oreos. <laughs> okay, I mean, no, I hadn't eaten those, but I mean, Cookie Crisp was the shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and did any of you guys get fed any weird foods before school by your parents? Like what? What's your example? I don't know. Ours was like those breakfast shakes. Like if if mom, oh. you know, woke up late or whatever, she'd take this package, rip the top off, pour it into a yeah. glass of milk and stir it and that was breakfast. I used to have that. Yeah. I don't know what they were, they were like instant shakes and yeah. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing ever. I, I I don't think I could ever send my kid off to school on an instant shake. <laughs> my mom made the chocolate cream of wheat, but it was called something different. It was like choco meal. <laughs> something. I don't know what it was called, but it was like grain, <laughs> dry grains, and then you microwave them and like add milk and butter. And they were chocolate fl- flavored, and they had a picture of a kid eating them on the front of the box oh god <laughs> no i gotta find it <laughs> well yeah for some reason too i can't share my screen even it's not year on your end matt it's just like it's not allowing me to do it but the movie's huh. called the road to wellness about the kellogg uh dynasty and like all okay. the, the the cast is wild though you got like some some heavy hitters in there and it's just uh it's a weird weird movie lots of food like uh lots of uh kellogg's eating that's all that the whole family ate was just cornflakes they didn't eat anything else um they would do like one dude dies in the spa that kellogg had because they were sitting in like those old school tubs that were too small for you you know how your feet hang out like your knees hang out um and they're doing electroshock therapy while they're in these tubs and the dude gets electrocuted to death because it's like water and electricity so like they're doing (laughs) Wow. weird weird healing techniques like that in this kellogg spa yeah that's very yeah. healing yeah 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 kill yourself and it's cocoa weeds Ooh. oh okay. i've never heard of that cocoa weeds yeah, the kid looks know. happy yeah the creamy hot cereal with the cocoa treat oh only God. 700 calories and 49 700? grams of sugar <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of calories yeah it's only like three scoops of sugar that's all <laughs> But it's a good source of calcium and iron plus five vitamins. And diabetes. So- <laughs> Great. You'll Sorry, were you, did, did you get served diabetes. anything weird? Did I what? Have, have anything weird for breakfast as a kid? Honestly, my dad, we were, we were really big into the, what were the flakes with the tiger? Um, frosted flakes frosted flakes flakes. and then with the frosted flakes or cheerios we would cut up peaches and throw them in there or bananas or something of the sort and that that was my breakfast if it were cereal that was my breakfast 
So. See, that's not bad. That's actually getting the real fruit in there. Yeah, we right. would yeah. every now and then Cheerios with like a whole uh, mom would chop up a whole banana and throw it in there. But yeah, other than that, that I feel like the '80s, '90s, and 2000s breakfasts were just straight sugar, sugar. on the go. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And you look at a picture of a banana. I tried to convince Ryan to do that, and he was like, "I hate bananas, bananas." Yeah, I'm not. I don't fuck with bananas. They look too much like any of these phallic foods. I'm not a big fan of cucumbers. I'm not a big fan of like I like zucchini. Yeah, but you're um, not one throating them, dude. You you, you <laughs> eat them gradually. I thought you're supposed to eat the whole thing in one bite. Yeah, you don't even peel it. <laughs> no hands. You put your hands behind your back and you just look, eat Ma. It in one bite. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I uh, I'm just I'm not into them, dude. It's honestly mostly bananas though, because the the texture they expire within like a day. If you buy the damn things, I don't like bananas either. I'm with you. There you go. See, my son's on the opposite end. Like, I like them like just after they turn yellow. He wants them to be like have brown speckles and they have to have a certain amount of brown speckles on there. And if there's not enough, he won't eat it. If there's too many, it's gone. He won't eat it. So like you're saying, there's that there's that window, that short window to get a banana that people like yeah dude isn't that how you make the banana bread too banana bread you can use them at any time you can use them when they're basically shit brown and make banana bread (laughs) yeah yeah it's strange do you ever notice though that banana flavoring is doesn't taste like banana for the most part yeah it tastes like perfume or like the like you said uh uh, what is it laffy taffy yeah yeah banana laffy taffy Get out of here with that shit. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. I could eat like 27 of them in a row. That is nerds on a rope. I love nerds on a rope. Only person that likes the banana flavored Laffy Taffies. (laughs) Those runs were nursing home patients really dig it. Hmm. And circus peanuts. I'll fuck with the banana cream pie. Good. I like the colored circus peanuts. Oh, I do love a banana cream pie. That's my only exception. Ooh, that's okay. What that's what I'm saying, dude. I feel like you and I get along on food. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if you connect with Ryan on food, that's the way to his heart, right there. That's a three-hour episode on my <laughs> show. Oh yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. No, I uh, with the, so that we don't go down this food rabbit hole. Did did uh did you hear me bitching about that review that I got? Uh, where because someone thought that my show went from like being a conspiracy theory show to all about fast food and yes. like fucking you know junk food and like trashy habits and stuff and it's like it's a it's a one thing a week out of like four shows usually so yeah yeah and it has a totally different name in the t- you know like title like i don't yeah. know was it an awfully long review or were they pretty much just like fuck this shit and all this fast food talk no, it was it was funny because like the it, it it's it reminded me of like uh you know when people started taking Yelp reviews really serious, like when people thought that like they could get like legitimate jobs because of the skilled Yelp reviews that they would leave. Mm-hmm. So like there was some thought that went into it, and uh, it was just like he was like instead of talking about cool topics, he's just going on and on for hours about what his favorite fast food establishment is, and it's like that's like not even the main part of the show. Of that sideshow, so it's just kind of stupid. But what's this? Oh yeah, that's Dude, awesome. I found this the other day. Okay, so what it is? It's the mythical beasts by areas. Oh, 
So like, I figure, okay, we'll zoom in a little bit because some of these are, actually, I can't zoom in. Why not? The Wendigo. Yeah, I've never heard of a lot of them. You know, like, it, interesting in like California, they have the Dark Watchers. That oh, wow. is some creepy shit right there. But yeah, down by you, Ryan, the Wind Tosser. That sounds like a, like a Dirty Sanchez. You know, it sounds like a Dirty sex Sanchez. Move. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like a sex move, the Wind Tosser? <laughs> Mikey, you got El Muerto, which is obviously the death, but or the darkness, whatever, however you want to take Very it. Very interesting that Bigfoot is up in California area when there's so many sightings here in Texas and Oklahoma. Oh my God, Zari, we have the skin hole Sam. <laughs> what the hell? Is oh, geez. It's like yeah, a big look worm. at that. Oh, sinkhole Sam. Sinkhole Sam. He's like a retarded. Uh, <laughs> I can barely read it. I'm sorry. Banshee of the Badlands. Down here in Alabama, it's weird. I've never heard of a Huggin' Holly. Huggin' Molly? Huggin' Molly. Yeah, Huggin' Molly. Supposedly, that one's pretty nasty, too, though. I'll tell you right now, when it comes to, like, the coolest name, and we should all cast our vote, I'm going with Banshee of the Badlands. That's a dope name. That is a cool name. I'm going with the Boo Hag. The Boo Hag? Oh, over there in Kentucky or whatever. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, somewhere in there. How about Maine? Well, I'm alone. <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. creepy up there. I got to move. Well, I'm alone. What is I it? Like a big squirrel? I, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Dude, what's that one that's right above the Jersey Devil? It's the cannon tists on <laughs> yeah i don't know it's in ron ron from new england's neck of the woods up there that's a new hampshire thing it looks like and or you know new york upstate. New yeah. right around uh nico yeah what's your guys's favorite names out of these i'm sticking with bunch of the badlands that, that goes hard i mean if i i have a soft spot for mothman just because the story is so cool but I think this boo hag with the person's skin hanging over it's oh, sure. it's 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 giving me some really creepy vibes. The the There's dark the watchers skin. give me creepy vibes for sure. Which yeah, one? The dark watchers is reaching out to me as the creepiest of them all. Okay. But no, I like that the... name, the mini washatu, right above your banshee of the badlands. That's an interesting little creature right there. And are we even looking at Hawaii and uh, Alaska down there? Those are some interesting ones. It's like a little tiger. And a I green was, lady. but I can't pronounce any of them except for the green lady. Moo. Well, the Kushkata, uh, the Kushkata is, uh, is a famous one. They've done a lot of like ancient aliens and stuff on that one. Interesting. I was going to ask, what's up with uh, Florida? They have the skunk ape and the, the stickini. That's yeah. like a, it sounds kind of like another smelly. Because the skunk ape is like a smaller version of uh, of Bigfoot, right? And like a more shaggy version. Yeah, essentially. It yeah. It's, yeah, it smells horrible, right? That's well, hence the name. You see skunk it. ape. Dude, Matt, I have to say, you come up with like, you find the, the craziest maps I've never seen. So this is <laughs> very entertaining. This is a fun one. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one was just when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is interesting because... I've never heard of half of these, and I was hoping there'd be a cool one up by us. And the Jersey Devil, I've heard about that for ages. But Mothman, that's in like 
uh, ghost neck of the woods in like the Pennsylvania, West Virginia area. Yeah, Point ne- Pleasant, ne- West Virginia. That's a creepy one. There's Mark also an iteration out of Chicago. The Chicago Mothman. Yep. Mm. And then that- they claim to have seen Mothman flying near the the Twin Towers before the, uh, the really? accident. Yes, there's photos. And like if you take into comparison how big the flying object, flying creature was next to what it was flying by, then it would have been huge. Because some people say it was a bird, but it was the shadow was way too big to be a bird. So people claim that Mothman is like the harbinger of death and it will always be seen right before a massive tragedy. So I have looked into Mothman just because I feel like Mothman is interdimensional and I think it's real. Mm -hmm. But some of these other ones, of course, they sound silly or, you know, but people really have seen Bigfoot as well and Dogman. And they've also said that they could be interdimensional. So they're just popping in and out of our reality. Yeah, doesn't it seem like these things are more energetic than actual physical beings in this realm? It seems like they're able to come in and go and present themselves and hide themselves whenever they want. I mean, the fact that we haven't really gotten good Bigfoot footage in 2022, they have to have some sensory you know uh, equipped to them that they're able to sense this stuff and avoid it you know there's some energetic field that they can detect and just avoid it in in total well you know how animals they they can detect when you you turn on your camera on your phone and Mm -hmm. they like scurry or look away when you're you want them to look at you when you're trying to take a picture it's like they sense that it's coming that it's on and even though there's no light indicator or anything that there's a camera turned on but they know it's on it's it's weird there's that that you know how like we always say that there's predictive programming and uh you know cartoons and tv shows and things there's uh that idea from and this isn't the first show that's done it but that goofy show aqua teen hunger force with the meatball and the french fries and the and the shake um there's an episode of that where there's a ghost trying to come in from it's somewhere in nevada i think or hawaii maybe and uh, they have like this walled in city where they were testing nukes and, uh, you know, this this ghost escapes from because like everyone died in this city. So everyone's all ghosts in the city. Now this ghost escapes. And anytime the characters turn their phones on and, t- and push a button, the ghost dies. So that's kind of I thought that was kind of weird. So mm-hmm. like what if like more technology is actually making it so that these interdimensional things can't really, you know, come through or or engage with us that's why we haven't seen it clearly and no one's able to take a picture because it just won't work well if you want to get really conspiratorial what if all of the technology we have is from them and so they know all about it they know how to use it better than we do they're way more advanced than we are we're using the equivalent of like a flip phone compared to them so like if we have our iphone we turn on the camera or something they they can sense it because Technically, a lot of the things like Velcro, they they got from like the Roswell crash, supposedly. So a lot of our technology that we just use on a daily basis is like ripped off or like back engineered or something like that. So hmm. it doesn't even belong to us. So we barely know how to use it. 
I heard Velcro was actually from a it was a cowboy that the his horse was walking through like the have you guys seen those little balls the burrs what are they burrs they have like spikes on them yeah they're the little balls that look like the coronavirus almost sure okay yeah and so yeah so these burrs were sticking to his horse and they were hard for him to pick off and he was like well shit that's a great idea you know to make some kind of soft thing that sticks to a more wiry thing but i I think like all these things are government hoaxes i think bigfoot's a government hoax i think like aliens i think all this stuff is just government like you know not not to say that they go out and dress up in a bigfoot costume and run around in the woods but like they you know potentially put this stuff out there and these people are either paid actors or they i mean because it's always the craziest people that say that they've seen bigfoot you know Mm -hmm. and maybe they're kind of tapping into something that that's kind of naturally there in these people i don't know it's weird i don't i don't believe in any of that cryptid shit though personally ghosts included ghosts are interesting because i do believe that there's some sort of afterlife and maybe people or you know entities can get caught between realms or whatever but uh i just watched beetlejuice the other day and there's that room in the original beetlejuice of like the lost souls right like the ones that that it's basically a purgatory room i think that's possible you know stuff like that but yeah i don't know as far i mean go uh, chaz that chaz of the dead guy he's a really great paranormal researcher and he it doesn't even seem like he really fully believes in them he's trying to find them constantly but like i asked him on an episode so i'm not like you know exposing him or anything he was like yeah dude i don't really know i don't know what these things are i don't know if there's ghosts or anything like that and he should be joining us in two weeks is he gonna come on cool yes sir we got him lined up for two weeks from now so yeah i definitely want to talk close with him because it's interesting. I get I get that mixed vibe too. I don't know what to believe. Like I've seen now now here's the thing though. I've seen a ghost. Like oh well, I've seen two ghosts. And I I saw it with my ex-wife in my old condo on two separate occasions. One was a man and one was a woman and you know, we mm-hmm. both saw it. We saw the same thing. The story is the same after all these years. And uh, you know, I'll go to my grave saying that it, it was not human what we saw it was definitely a spirit of some sort because you could see right through it but at the same time it was there it was a presence in the room so you want to break the story down i don't know if i've heard it oh well yeah no i i've done i i think i've told it before on on nico's show but basically we, we were sleeping and um we woke up and i said to her i'm like who is that person in our closet because just on the other side of the bed was a walk-in closet and there was a figure standing in the corner of the closet. And Ooh. I'm like, who is that? And she's like, I don't know who that is. Um, she's like, they'll go away or whatever. And then next thing I know, it just took a step forward and stood there. And it was a old school guy, you know, like 1800s guy in a suit with like a bolt, uh, you know, a, a Stetson type hat. Um, Holy shit. And he nope. just uh yeah i'm there we yeah we looked at each other and we're like what's going on here and next thing we know he just vanished it was gone and then uh and the same sort of thing happened uh probably a year or so later with a woman that was at the foot of our bed in like an 1800 style one of those really puffy dresses and she had a big hat on that tied under her chin and you know, what's crazy about it is the area that our condo was in wasn't in, in the old Hatter district 
of the town. Like the high school was named the Hatters and, and it was known for making hats back in the 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, mm. now all the land is like contaminated from all the chemicals they used. So why not build housing on top of it? <laughs> I do remember you mentioned that. That was in the dream episode that you guys did, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. That's wild, dude. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I believe in them because I've seen it, but I don't know what to think to make of it. I, I really feel like it's a, it's an energetic thing. It's something that's not physical. It's not tangible, but it, it it's like a, almost like a radio signal. It's there and it's out there, but you can't touch it or anything. Like a parallel dimension, parallel universe. Yeah. And it can travel within like, like Julia was saying, they're, they're interdimensional for sure. Some of them are intelligent and some of them are residual like oh a 18th century person obviously would be like residual because they don't know they're dead or they're not aware that they're even a ghost scaring you mm -hmm. um and then you get a more intelligent type of haunting where it's like they're interacting with you and i think if anyone has listened to my podcast they would know like i've encountered the intelligent type and it's not something you forget and it's definitely not something you could explain to someone who is like a non-believer because it's literally one of those come to Jesus moments where you would just have had to be there and until somebody experiences something like that for themselves it's always going to be like oh I don't know you know but if you saw it you'd never forget it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like a PTSD thing for me, but I, at the same time, have a sick sense of humor and I just love scary movies and <laughs> I love all of that stuff. But you're muted. Sorry, I'm muted. But yeah, um, I've seen some weird things before, you know, I, I just don't know if it was just kind of my mind messing with me or what, you know, I don't know. Zari, you haven't been too talkative these last couple minutes have you seen a ghost or what sister oh my gosh I have had so many so many experiences with I don't know whatever you want to call it ghost the other side another realm so many experiences and like you said there it's one of those had to be there moments like you can't explain it to somebody who doesn't believe you just have to be there and you can try your best to explain it but even if even if someone who didn't believe was so interested in what you were saying and the story that you had to tell it still doesn't do the situation justice whatsoever it's definitely almost a ptsd moment but now, um, what kind of feeling did you have during these encounters was it a peaceful was it uh frightened you know was like the the hair on your arms or neck standing up i mean i, I remember nine when times we, we... Out of ten. Oh, go ahead no go ahead nine times out of ten it was a hair standing up on my neck kind of moment like a don't ever want to be in this situation again kind of moment Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think maybe, I think maybe one time, maybe one time I've had a little bit of a peaceful moment. Um, but all the rest, terrified. Hmm. For sure. You so saw a shadow that... person, didn't you? 
more like so I I don't know if I'd say like shadow person but um I've definitely like had situations where um somebody close to me like there was a tragic situation where they passed and um in the near future I was experiencing things that um that seemed unreal in, in that moment in time and it just got very very dark and I don't know definitely I feel like it's going to be it would be a long long story for me to go on right now about it but um a little too realistic I should say I think that like you said you have the really intelligent ones that know what they're doing and they know how to like tap into that with you and I think that's exactly what I've experienced Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're seeing when you, when you get those like uh you know hair standing up on your arm kind of feelings if those are bad entities like more demonic maybe if these things are real right or if it's just your perception of what it is like you know how some people just walk around on the street and they're afraid of dogs like you can bring up a, a big dog to a one person and they're going to get afraid of it right almost illogically and then like someone like me, I'm going to like get down on my knees and pet a big dog like that because I love dogs. So I wonder if someone that's more open to seeing these things and engaging with them, if they're not going to get the same feeling that maybe you did where you were maybe caught off guard or something. I don't know anything about you, but, you know, just yeah. the idea of like, you know, maybe like the way that you would view these things versus someone that, like I said, is more open to it. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The only thing about that is like when I was seeing like my cousin walking around the house, I didn't get that hair standing up on my arm until I saw her walk out of one room and come in from the other direction. And then I realized it wasn't her that I was looking at. Then I got like the hair stand up on my arms because that's some shit you cannot explain. Like how can someone who is not dead be up and wandering around your house and you call to them and it looks like them but it's not them that's crazy that's why i always say when you when you're dealing with like and i hate to be like it's everything's demonic but they do take the shape of familiar things so you're not scared Mm -hmm. and when you talk about the hair standing up on your arms they actually trick you into feeling comfortable with them a lot of the time so you're not scared initially until you interact later and this is this is crazy because nico um and on his podcast just did an episode about like fairies and gnomes and all the different types of that and and the similarities between the descriptions is eerie because they have the same characteristics it's just we're talking two different ends of the spectrums or two different entities so to speak um but it all ends up in the same thing you have the the different ones right you have the dark entity you have the prankster or the jokester you have the you know uh guiding entity or you know some pit may say the savior you know they're the guardian angel that comes and 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 gives you the advice or or holds your hand when you need it um and but the 
it's interesting because I mean, we're talking ghosts here, but that same thing applies to them as well. And it's almost like these different items that have been set up in this realm, these different stories or, or folk tales all eventually get back to the same thing. Good what does evil, he right? think fairies are? What's that? What does he think fairies are? Uh, well, we're going to have him and his wife on to talk about that too, because I want to, I want to hear their explanation, but because um, she claims to be of the Fae. So um, they're entities, you know, and, and they're different entities because they're like he said, there's some that are the jokesters, the pranksters, or some that are just flat out mean. There's, you know, but overall, they said one of the things is if you're going to entertain a fairy, right, you're going to leave them a treat, you better be ready to leave them a treat over and over and over again, because once you stop, they can get angry and they can turn on you and, and they can like feral cats. Yeah. So it, it's a very interesting concept. I haven't looked into them enough, but. I've had, and after listening to them, I remember as as a child, my grandfather had gnomes all over his yard. (laughs) And I was like, why do you have these gnomes all over your yard? And he's like, to keep the trolls out. And I was like, that's, you know, even as a kid, I'm like, there's no such thing as trolls. What is he talking about? But it was more of a spirit thing. It was to keep the evil trolls out so that the plants would grow, that no one, the animals wouldn't come and eat his flowers. And it was to keep the evil spirit, you know, and and to keep the sanctity of his little garden areas. And I always found it fascinating because until now, I never really put two and two together that it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just this little ceramic statue out there to him. It was the protector. It was doing a job out there for him. And I always saw him just as stupid little yard gnomes. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a scarecrow or anything else like that, they serve a practical purpose, but it's funny that we're talking about all of this because I have an episode coming up soon. And I basically, I'm, I'm trying to explain how things that have become unrealistic in movies could have found their you know beginnings in truth so a lot of the things that like these elite people get up to with like all the vampirism if you would call it that you know drinking blood and sacrifice and all this and they've made it goofy so you mm-hmm. never believe that vampires are real or you never believe that demons are real or anything that is funny in a movie like Tinkerbell. But are there fairies? Like anything in a movie like Men in Black, you go back and watch that. You're like, Jesus, like they were filling this thing up with all kind of stuff that's real. Well, and it's interesting, too, because they they take these what we call tales right whether they're myths or stories of old and then they throw fairy tale on it to make it seem like it's so unreal it's so unreasonable now if it was just a tale it's something you may or may not believe as soon as they throw the fairy on there and i was thinking about that you know again with the little bit of word magic they do now all of a sudden it's something that oh you know this is definitely just straight imagination there's no way this could be real and we know you know, as well as anyone that going through the stuff we've gone through that everything's inverted. So Mm -hmm. what's to say that these 
fairy tales aren't just stories of old. They're creatures of old that aren't around anymore or you know, aren't around currently, but could come back at any time, or we're just creatures of old. I, I really think you're right, Julie. I think you're onto something that there's more to these tales that, uh, you know, more truth and more reality in them than there is just straight fantasy. Well, in something that's kind of close to your wheelhouse would be how they fantasized Atlantis. And they've fantasized like all of the old world stuff. And um, there's even a cartoon called Atlantis. I think it's Disney. And it's like hollow earth and inside of earth is Atlantis. And you can, you can find it. It's still there. And I, I'm not saying, I haven't done enough research myself to just tell you Atlantis is a place in hollow earth or that there even is a hollow earth. But I do find a lot of these cartoons and a lot of these things that are make-believe are based in some type of truth. Just like Pinocchio, that movie's coming out soon, starring Tom Hanks. Oh, and God. it's like, what <laughs> is this movie about? You know what I'm saying? It's it's definitely suggestive at best, is yeah. what I'll say. And, and Mikey, we've talked about this before, right? About the programming. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't miss an opportunity to to use a good thing to program you, whether it's to make you believe or disbelieve something. It's in every every bit of entertainment that's out there. I mean, if it gets on the air on some network television or if it's a major production, there there is programming in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't there would be no money behind it if it was just truth and it revealing. I mean, kind of like what we do on our shows. I mean, if. if the shows were were like that it would it would never get funded in in the mainstream platforms because they have to twist and confuse people it's all about confusion really i mean they have to reveal the reality but then mix it up with this like tale you know that way you're in constant disbelief and you don't you don't believe what you're seeing even though you're thinking behind in, in the back of your mind, like, oh man, this is possible. But then you're like conflicting, like, oh, this this can't really happen. You know. Well, yeah, and that's why they use like animals, right? They give the, they give them the human characteristics and things like that. So they can kill the animals. Now they wouldn't yeah. kill another little child right there in front of you. But you know, a baby cub or a baby deer, yeah, it can get shot. That's okay. Um and it's interesting how they do it. And I feel like a lot of it is psychological and a lot of it is to, to get you confused, to not know what is real and unreal, what is fantasy, what is truth and what is Pinoc- possible even. Pinocchio is super dark, especially when mm-hmm. you see it from a different perspective and you're like, holy shit. Well, when they talk about the island at all. I mean, Pleasure Island. Yeah, we played the clip here the on boys. how the boys never come back the same and and stuff. Like, I mean, it's just that was, that was creepy. <laughs> and I, and you know what? To be honest, until a couple years ago, I never noticed it. Yeah, well, yeah. You don't same. watch it with that with that magnifying glass to it normally, and that's yep. what they count on. Kind of they being the people that produce these, right? I mean, they're that uh, what you said a while ago, Julia, was really interesting. Like the programming and things like that. I think it was you that brought that up, but. The uh, one thing that I'm real interested in and I always have been is the clown idea. Like, you know, it, it was it, originally what it was. They were people living in the mountains and they would live in caves. Usually the, the story goes supposedly I think it's a cloin 
is what the original pronunciation of it was. And it was in like the Alps and they'd have the red nose because it was so cold, right? Your nose gets red in the cold. Your skin's white because you're in a cave constantly. And uh, a couple of times a year, they would have to eat kids in order to like sustain their themselves, right? This is why like they had red lips from the blood. It wasn't makeup or any of that stuff. And I forget what the story is of their feet. I think it was walking up the mountains and stuff like over Probably generations. Like snowshoe type thing. Yeah. They... Sure. That's a good one. Yeah. And but like so so you have this terrifying origin story. And then they're meant to be kid friendly. But then, you know, as a lot of these kids grow up and start realizing like maybe subconsciously how creepy these clowns are, now there's all kinds of horror movies about clowns. So it's just kind of an interesting thing where you have like the positive and the negative, the kitty idea. And then also the horror aspect of it. It's just kind of like a weird, you know. Well, just just to play off what you're saying, Ryan, you have the real life killer clown, John Wayne Gacy, yeah. who, you know, did what he did to all those little boys. And then you get the John Wayne Gacy's basement situation going on with like hundreds of little bodies down there. But they've twisted the clown thing. Well, it started out as dark. And they've they've constantly just kept that stream of darkness going. John Wayne Gacy, and then you have it, the clown. Well, then and- Ronald McDonald too, which was a real positive thing, right? Uh, in the eyes of of the public. So mm. yeah, I mean, you just have, and then like kids used to actually like clowns. Like they used to not be that scary when I was a kid. There'd yeah, they be used like to the- be at your birthday party. I mean, that was the thing: is have a clown yeah. making yeah. balloon animals, like in uh, Wedding Crashers. And now it's like almost cool to say that you've always been afraid of clowns. You know, it's like, how many of you guys are actually afraid of clowns? Of? I mean, I get it, but it's like a popular thing to be afraid of now. It's weird. It's very strange. And now they are getting more creepy because everyone's saying that they're creepy. Dude, come on. In reality, real life clowns are creepy fucking people. I'm not going to. Oh, gonna, sure. Yeah. I'm the not going to lie, dude. Anybody that's going to dress up like that and do that shit, they're, they're a little off. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're maybe. Well, yeah, they're probably a lot of them are like, uh, ex-convicts and stuff you know and they're just trying to get work this is getting off yeah i don't know know if i wouldn't take it that far hopefully not but i'm sure you're not wrong oh not in that sense (laughs) 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 oh just getting getting off the uh getting out of work okay i guess yeah i meant yeah (laughs) yeah dude no it's it's freaky man and then uh so yeah. speaking of getting off, I got I gotta share this because this is uh this is uh not him. <laughs> See, I, I watched that today. Well, yeah, we can play Joe real quick, but I wanted to let me see if I could find the other one real fast. Oh shit. Escape. Stop. Was that him when he's going, no, 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 no. Did he hear that when he's like repeating? He he says no, literally. 30 times maybe like just like repeating it it sounded like he like shorted out oh dude he's a mess all right all right so now let's do it let's share this he actually got me to stop paying attention to politics joe biden did so that was successful on their part good for him thanks joe all right let me just share the sound here and here we go now this is this was an actual commercial in in the uh i think it was in the 90s finger blasters finger blasters all right filled with honey taggy barbecue or salt and vinegar finger blasting is the best try one finger at a time 
Yum. Two fingers. Mm, okay. And then, if everybody's cool with it, work up to three. No. Two's good. <laughs> For now. I'll take what I can get. Finger blasting is fun Dude, with that's friends. that's not real. But if my friends aren't around, I'll just finger blast myself. <laughs> oh my god. This that's is not real. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> shit. No, what it is is it was a uh, it was a skit from Comedy Central back oh. in the day. But they okay. they played it off as a real ad and oh my god. It is uh, 3 no <laughs> two is good for now I'll just finger blast myself i'll take what i can get yeah dude no that's that's ridiculous the aids commercial was real though from the 80s which one uh me and ron did a full episode on like all the different commercials of the 80s go uh matt since i can't share my screen this is a, this is a doozy it type in a y d s diet pills and um yeah it's just oh, a yeah. great oh yeah i listened to that last week how about the whole uh, <laughs> 1980s, like, this is your brain on drugs campaign? Sure. That was aggressive. Well, dude, there's a 1984 Apple commercial that's wild. There's some really, really good ads from the old days, and, and they're funny. We were going through kind of looking for, like, the hidden message ones. There was a lot of misogynistic ones that are actually really funny if you can, like, have a sense of humor about it. It was like, you know, really, really kind of derogatory stuff. But like just looking at it today and seeing how disgusting it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. This might be it. This is the anti appetite suppressing candy. Yeah. Oh, no. What's wrong? Have I gained that much weight? My diet's not working. Use a diet aid. Diet pills? Not pills. The AIDS diet plan with candy cubes. <laughs> Both diet pills and AIDS cubes help curb hunger, but AIDS cubes do more. They help satisfy wow. your need to taste, chew, and enjoy. Gotta get a shot of this. You're eating less. Thanks to the AIDS plan. AIDS <laughs> cubes do more than pills. They help satisfy your need to taste, chew, and enjoy while they curb hunger. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the same one that I saw, but it's it's the idea. There was one where it's like, why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? It's just funny, dude. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous. The commercial's 90 pounds. Wow, you're eating so much less, Jared. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, that one right there, the fourth one. There you go. This guy? Yes, dude. Oh, man. He's not going to. Oh, here we go. It's from 1984, too. I was overweight and looked terrible, but AIDS helped me lose 46 pounds. <laughs> the AIDS diet plan helped me lose 28 pounds. Look at that AIDS muffin top. control your appetite so you lose <laughs> weight, yet AIDS lets you taste, chew, and enjoy. And the appetite suppressant in AIDS is not a stimulant. AIDS helped me to lose 18 pounds, and it doesn't contain anything to make me nervous. Question, why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? That's tough. Yeah, man, it's just funny. And then the Winston Flintstones commercials, great. I don't know if you've seen that one. That was such a classic. It was one that me and Ron both found separately. I think you should. Do, I think that's a series right there because you can go into different genres. There's so many good cartoons from back in the day. Like there's so many cringe worthy ones. There's so many just flat out funny ones. Uh, ones that did not age well. Yeah. Well, like yeah. They, that. You know? The freaking uh, the Flintstones was sponsored by Winston, like the show yeah. itself was sponsored by Winston cigarettes. Oh, wow. So well, it was part of Hanna Barbera, yeah, yeah, it was wild. I'm not. What's Hanna Barbera? 
that's the cartoon company like oh, okay. bravo and yep. all those were okay yeah it's just bad but yeah like tons of just like horrible yeah we did like three me and ron did like almost three hours just talking about commercials and playing them and you know old ads and stuff like that it's just it's crazy it's just how a different selfish question ryan what was like your favorite show as a kid oh as a kid like depending on what era uh my all-time favorite cartoons courage the cowardly dog though oh, love courage fuck yeah it's a great oh show sorry where are you at what's your favorite childhood show courage the cowardly dog hands yeah. down i was just about to say the same thing courage it's a great show dog. i also loved um scooby-doo loved it yeah oh, dogs were the shit mikey oh i was a big scooby-doo and tom and jerry fan Tom and Jerry's dope. Yeah. Maddie, where are you at? I would have been G.I. Joe all day. G.I. Joe, okay. Yeah. If I had to go like Looney Tunes, though, I'm yeah, I'm I'm in that Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Roadrunner, just the old school Looney Tunes. Yeah, the- I liked Kim Possible. I don't know if anybody oh, knows God. what that is. That redhead spy chick. I thought I was Kim Possible. Oh, yeah. Well, shit. I mean, it was kind of cool. That whole, uh, that was Nickelodeon, right? Disney. Yeah. Oh, was it Disney? I saw it on yes. Nickelodeon. Disney. Oh. It came on right after That's So Raven. Oh, God. What a horrible show that was, too. <laughs> I love That's So Raven. Now, think about the, like, the <laughs> gimmicks, right? And the, the little musical tunes they use to hook you in. And things oh, yeah. that you'll remember today, like the little, you know, the different commercial sayings and things oh, like I that. Oh, I have every theme song memorized to this day. Yeah. Or all it takes is just to hear a, a little bit of that jingle and it just sets it off in your head and you go on a rampage. Yep. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, it old... starts as kids. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say the old 80s sitcoms had like really great jingle like the live action in front of a live studio audience those had some really good jingles to them fuck everybody knows the golden girls jingle golden girls <laughs> right got, and yes. uh uh what's that show with the butler it was mr. clearly belvedere. a pedophile yeah mr belvedere yeah that one uh there's a ton dude. different and strokes different Prince. strokes <laughs> yeah that was 90s right yeah that's a good one oh, too okay. though but know. yeah I mean, st- well, still, you know, it's the same idea. All those live action things, they had to get you in from the beginning. Well, that's dead now, you know, and that's the crazy thing, how that that sitcom family night of TV doesn't exist anymore. It's all game shows and yeah. it has to be action now because it's almost like people can't sit down together and enjoy a like a family show because they yeah, don't want there, that. There's no must see TV on Thursday anymore. You know, everybody used to just, you know, everybody couldn't wait for Friday to talk about what the, the shows on Thursday, you know, like Seinfeld and and The Office and whatever. I mean, the, kids now still watch The Office. It's funny. I'll, I'll catch them watching their phone and they'll they'll have The Office. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so old now. Well, that's oh. the most popular show across the world. The Office is still like in every country, Afghanistan. I mean, you name a country that that show is the most popular in it. It's weird. Yeah, my nine year old niece is uh, a huge Friends fan, 
And that was done, you know, that was done well before she was born, but it was on Netflix and she got into it and she's watched every episode probably like three or four times now. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And it's it's funny. And and like you guys were saying, the office, like there's so many kids when I was coaching teenagers even three, four years ago that were into the office. And I'm like, wow, that's a weird thing. That's and hilarious. it's hilarious. Just... I, I was watching it today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just what they put out there, right? I mean, I, I feel like that's what they dangle out there and, and it'll catch or no. And then they'll dangle something else out there and either it sticks or no. And and it's just that constant feed. There's nothing, no consistency. Like, I mean, remember when we had to wait a week for shows now, if you had, if they don't give you, you know, the whole season at once, you're like, what the fuck, man? I want, I don't want to wait 10 weeks and watch 10 yeah, shows. Yeah, but they're, they're getting smart about that though, Matt, because used to on Netflix, they would just drop the whole show, all the episodes. You could sit there, binge watch the whole damn thing. Now, like with Bridgerton, I was getting pissed the fuck off because I'd have to wait all the way till Thursday to get my okay. Bridgerton fix. And it, it's like a luxury. You can just go binge watch a show now. But I think Netflix is kind of bringing back in a weird way that old like patience is a virtue kind of thing and like get you excited to watch the new episode they drop on Thursday. And so essentially like me and the girls I work with outside of my conspiracy life would be like, don't you dare watch ahead on the show. Wait for me. I'm on episode two, you know, wait for me to catch up. And then we'd get to the point where we were at the same point and we'd have to like wait for the next Friday or Thursday, whenever they put the new episode out to watch it. But in a way, we don't have it on TV, but we are still doing that with like all of our streaming platforms, Amazon, Netflix. I mean, they're... um you know, releasing them once a week now, whereas they used to just put the whole show every season that was available on there, like American Horror Story. You could watch all the seasons, all the episodes. And now it's like you have to basically continue to watch it once a week, which, by the way, have you noticed how many Netflix originals they've put out? A bazillion Netflix originals. And they're mm-hmm. all dark. Sandman. Has anybody looked into this? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Sandman. Dude. Watch it. <laughs> Holy fuck balls. They mention Alistair Crowley episode one of the mm-hmm. Sandman. And it is full. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely look into it just like Archive 81. Ryan, I'm still waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> I know I need to get into I I you know me though. Like I can't freaking sit down and watch it. The only thing that I get and sit in front of is UFC. And I wanted to mention something about their marketing when you were done talking about yeah, the shows, ahead. Julia. Well, no, just when you're done talking about your shows, because I think it's a good point. The idea of keeping people waiting for a week is genius marketing. But for some reason, like I'm curious as to why they're not doing that. You're saying that they are doing that more now. They are doing it now. Yes. I've noticed it. Yeah. They've gone back to it. Yeah. Is it because they've kind of like overstepped? And like, I think that Netflix is kind of done, but if they're going to start implementing new market techniques like this, then maybe they're going to be able to climb their way back. But they overstepped with their politics with a lot of people. Oh, big time. Yeah. And I, but I think a lot of these streaming platforms now are doing that where they're trying to still follow the television model in a sense where, they're dropping things on a weekly basis. I know Disney does that with 
you know, all their Star Wars shows and everything like that. They come out on a usually a Wednesday night. So they're clearly colluding off shows. They do that with. Yep. So I, 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 in all honesty, it makes more sense why you're going to get people to keep coming back rather than sit there and three episodes, three, three sit downs and watch the whole thing. They do it because people steal their besties password, log in for a week, watch every episode, and then they don't have to get their own account. But if you make it to where you constantly have to be logged into the shit to get the new episode, either more people will just get their own account or they'll keep being relevant because you'll keep going back to them to get the new episode. Yeah. So I I think it's smart what they're doing. But I do notice that for every one positive show that they put on Netflix, there's three demon shows and then like a possession movie. So it's it's definitely the darkest streaming platform, in my opinion, other than like Amazon, because The Boys is super duper creepy. There was a show, I forget what streaming platform it was on, maybe Amazon. It was called Evil. Have you guys seen this? Evil? Yeah. It's with a, a Catholic, uh, it's a black Catholic priest, and then like a white lady that's like all science-based, kind of like a, almost like an X-Files in a weird way. But it was just very like you could tell like they're really emphasizing the opposites of everything. Right. Um, all, all kinds of really interesting shit in there. But there's one uh, side story of this. De- it's a demon that's taken the form of a psychologist and the psychologist is helping kids in school. And then he finds this one kid that's like kind of more susceptible to doing evil shit. And he teaches the kid how to go and like commit a mass shooting. The psychologist does. And it was wild because I saw it the same time that this Texas shooting shit went on. And um, when you look into like the artificial intelligence, like the shit that, you know, I used to make my episode covers like the the uh, deep dream technology from Google and stuff like that. um, There was some allegations kind of in the conspiracy world that this uh, that that dude, I already forgot his name, the shooter of the school. Right. Um, In Texas, his psychologist was on the payroll of Google, allegedly. I'm not saying this. This is shit that's out there, and I'm just repeating it. Was on the payroll, and he was just, like, fucking, you know, uh, using this these images to brainwash this kid that was on ketamine. So, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. We lost your friend. Yeah, I think her phone cut out or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, no. Right. Yeah, it was just a freaky thing to see, like, a psychologist, you know, like, that was a that was demon-possessed, and he was you know, tapping into kids to do his evil shit. But there's a lot of shows and movies and stuff like that. And then you go back and it's based on some kind of a true event that happened, like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh yeah. That was a good movie. It was done dark shit, you know, I mean, especially back in, I mean, again, and these are stories. So we know we weren't there to, to say whether this is real or again, whether this is a tale or a fairy tale or, this is reality. These story there's there's some fucked up shit that went on supposedly in the you know before we became so civilized and before the world was Europeanized. You know it was in dark shit. You know you look at all the like we were talking about before wanting to go to Salem and all the Salem witch trials and all the things that they did to people that 
you know, even even up in in the 1900s, when you're looking at all the insane asylums mm-hmm. and the, the the things they were doing to these poor people, um, you know, the shock and the experiments they were doing on lobotomies. Them. Yeah, and it's like, no, this this shit's not right, and they knew it wasn't right, but that was all part of their game, and mm. it's some messed up stuff, but. <clears throat> I mean, that's history, though. And that's another interesting thing. I I was thinking about that. When you think about your history and and what you were taught growing up, it just seems like it was war after war after war after war and, and, and learning different military generals and different presidents names. And, (laughs) you know, we never really learned the important people that did shit. It was all these puppets that they just brainwashed us with that in reality and and what's funny is i just got this book called uh past imperfect and it's about how all these writers in the late 1800s and early 1900s just totally made shit up Mm -hmm. like to to make to fit this american story and these guys wrote like volumes of american history where they basically took certain people and propped them up in positions that they shouldn't have been in because they were scumbags and they they really should have been in jail but they were protected because they were in the circle and right. uh and it's really interesting that but that's the way a lot of history is i think i mean uh, yeah hell yeah sorry go ahead mikey no that's all right i mean they just wanted to propagandize a certain narrative part of history so they would just be able to program and get people to join the military and just be gung-ho about protecting this country and not completely ignoring that we would colonize and you know just steal all the all other countries that could not protect themselves and just steal their resources force them to trade against their will basically or otherwise we would start a war i mean it's just like when when we you know, force uh, Matthew Perry went to the uh, to Japan to force them to trade with us, and it was like they they wanted nothing to do with us, and they wanted to stick to their traditions, and they got their emperor to adopt their our style of clothing, the the, the colonist white, you know, style of clothing, and they got rid of all their like traditional Japanese empire st- uh, style shogun. You know, and and forced us to to trade with them, and then they end up, you know, and we ended up pissing them off, and so it started this whole war. And you know, honestly, I don't even believe the entire narrative of how the war started. But you know, looking through the history of how everything started, you know, it just, I it just makes me want to question things and just go to the root of how things began and started and. You know, just like going through all this mud flood research and discovering all these like world fairs and how they use those as as a way of uh, creating this like new institution because they all the all the colleges and universities were all run by the church, and this was a way of being completely detached from conventional education, and then just kind of like you know through the process of a hundred years they were able to infiltrate and completely change. The education system from the from the inside, so I mean, so we really can't trust what we've been taught because it's been, you know, rewritten over and over, translated and retranslated a thousand times. 
But doesn't it suck that as human beings, we don't know where we came from and can't agree on it and don't know why the fuck we're here or what we're doing or what our history is? Like that should be a fundamental thing that we know. But we don't, and we can't even agree on what shape the planet is. Obviously, Mikey and I are leaning towards flat Earth. Some people think, you know, hollow Earth. Some people think Big Bang. Some people think God. And it's just like we're walking around with a massive case of amnesia because we don't even know who we are or what we're doing here. And that is the ultimate crime against humanity. And I think that what Mikey was saying about like everything's been translated and rewritten and whoever wins the battle gets to write the story. We don't yeah. know anything. <laughs> we, we can't even go back 50 years and say, well, this definitely happened because it could all have just have been a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look at JFK. A- right. <laughs> Do you think it's good then to to try and find the answers or do you think since we're never going to know them, do you think that it's a, a a maddening quest to try and go on to try and find the actual truth? It's not for the feeble hearted. I think if you're satisfied with your life, how it is and living in a state of ignorance is bliss, then I'm happy for you. That's a gift. I wish I could be satisfied with that, but I'm not. So there are certain individuals that go seeking for the truth and they listen to our shows because they are also confused about what the fuck's going on and they want to listen to different people's opinions and try to form some type of a consensus. But what I will say is if you want just a basic answer from me, I think the one and only reason that we're here on this earth is to be of service to other people. So if you want just a generic answer, that is why I think we're put on this planet is just to be of service to humanity in whatever capacity that is for you, doctor, philosopher, artist, whatever that thing is that you do, do it to the service of humanity. Yeah, that I was going to say along here. that line, Julia, to find your truth. Yes, right? that's the whole thing. And 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 it's interesting because Ryan, when you say you know find the truth, I, I don't think that's there is the truth, right? Because even every story has three sides, and so it's all about perspective. And I think what you know what I love doing when I'm going back and looking at old history is not necessarily trying to find out what you know the specifics but find out what is really happened and what is total bs Mm. and then you can look somewhere in between and that's probably where the truth lies and and that's what's tough about history is we've been taught one version of it well there's two other versions there's the other side and then there's the truth, which is probably somewhere a little bit in between, like, and that's what Bob always says. And it's the way I started looking at everything when I look at this, because I was driving myself nuts trying to find the truth. And then I finally realized, listen, I'm not going to find the truth, but what I can find is what I believe to be true, right? And and that's my truth. And, and that's going to be different than Mikey's or yours or Julia's. But we, the more we 
closer we get to our truth, I think the better off we are in our experience here. And that's part of, you know, like Julie, you were saying, it's, it's one bit of what this journey is about. You know, I think service is another big one, service to yourself and others and, and not necessarily your country. I think that's a crock of shit, but, um, (laughs) but I mean, if you think about it, like any of us right now would not have a show if there weren't a massive amount of people that have this desperation to know what truth is and seek for it in all alternative media <laughs> like we well, until they know happening. where they've been deceived too right not to tell them and that's one of my big things was trying to you know when you try and tell people what the truth is they get turned off by that. But when you can show them where they've been lied to, now you have their ear because now that you've given them something to think about and something that they can go look into versus just telling them, you know, this is a lie. This is how it happened. I know, but no, nobody wants to hear that. They want you, they want to be able to go out and think a little bit too. They don't want to be spoon fed everything. Now there are those out there that fuck, you can put it on a platter you can put it in your hand and feed it in their mouth and it's still not hand fed enough. Right. You you could lay it out buffet style and they still wouldn't get it. And my thing is outside of people seeking me out to listen to the information that I put on my show is if you give someone 10% and they react really negatively towards that, I don't push it any further than that because I'm like, they're not ready And they don't understand about what I'm about to say. But if you give them that 10% and they act like they're interested in it, maybe they want to know a little bit more. Then you can give them another 10, another 10, maybe let that set for a little while, come back, revisit, give them another 10 until you get them to the point where they're thinking for themselves based off of the information that you've provided. Like, you know, I got to thinking about what you said, and I went and Googled it, and you were right, like, that made me think about this, and they do their own research, and if I can be that tiny beacon of hope in someone, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Or, you, like, you know, I know I am to most people, I'm just the crazy person that spouts off, you know, that's what they, they, they want to say, but then, you know, when everybody else isn't listening, or you're not on Facebook, they'll come behind and say, hey, you know, I was looking at that a little bit and I kind of, kind of think that's interesting. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about it? I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Now you got to go do your research because right. it's mm-hmm. one of those where they're, they're embarrassed by it because they don't want to talk outside mainstream, you know, heaven forbid I rough it, ruffle anybody's feathers and, or, you know, the big corporate boss finds out that I'm, I might be looking into flat earth, you know, who cares? <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm also not interested in only ever talking to people who agree with me and pat me on the back constantly, because I'll tell you, Ryan and I don't really agree on everything, but I love his show and have always loved his show. It's what got me wanting to start my own show. But at the same time, there's things that Ryan will be like, no, I just, I don't, I don't agree with you. And I'm like, that's good. Because if you did, there would be no point in us doing this because it's not like, us patting each other on the back constantly like i agree with everything you're saying Mm. that doesn't challenge thought whatsoever yeah thank you julia by the way that's nice Mm -hmm. yeah i think uh you know to that point 
of, um, you know, you're trying to find your own truth. I agree with that. Right. I, I used to think that was a goofy concept. Like there is only one truth out there. Right. I used to think that you can tell someone that 10% of something and then they'll go and they'll find what they're looking for. You can find anything on the internet. You can be right and wrong about something at the same time because of the different sources, credible sources that are out there. And then some that the mainstream media says that are, are not credible, but they're actually more credible than the credible sources. You know, my example that I use all the time is that I can sit here and say that there's 39 genders out there. And Matt can say that there's two. And we can both prove our point with serious sources. Like mine will probably be more government source because they believe in infinite amount of genders. And Matt's would be like some fucking right wing website that only believes that there's two genders out there, you know, I'm going but they're two and a half, Ryan. 2.5 okay just like the uh the the classic amount of kids you gotta, you gotta include the hermaphrodites they're people sure. too <laughs> sure but i mean so you can you can find these these truths and everything um but one thing i it sounds like you know mikey and and julie you guys are you know pretty fairly passionate about flat earth right i mean i see the flat earth map behind you there um yeah what what and i'm not saying that the that they're that the flat earth is bullshit or that it's hollow or fucking cube or whatever there's no proof at the end of the day for that and if you're settling on any of these things aren't you guys kind of also being willfully ignorant in a way because you found your facts you like them they resonate with you and and you're settling on this i'm not saying that it's right or wrong but i think that there's all these aspects maybe you did your research um and i'm sure that you both have done heavily heavily researched this there's it's a it's a really serious topic to a lot of people i i don't i don't really care what we're on i i know that it's a fun thing it's a fun conversation but i think that anyone that that feels like they know or is confident in something i feel like at the end of the day the less they know about anything i mean the more that's what i've gone i've, I've found for myself when i thought that i know exactly what's going on here then i'll find something that just completely blows that theory out of the water right and you're never really I've become really cynical with this conspiracy stuff. I still love it. I like talking about it with everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I believe that there's no fucking truth anymore. It just seems that way. When you go outside, uh, it seems that there is no real solid truth about anything anymore. Yeah, but we're in the post-truth era. That's why, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of what the, the that's the gift and the curse of the Internet. It sure. has it has muddied reality it is muddied truth it is muddied fiction it it's it's that blur between and that's what they want us they want us to to dabble right to because what's the next step you just get that chip you know that's it yeah Trans well don't you transhumanism will hurt yeah that's the next thing right don't you find it kind of interesting too that there are so many tiktok channels and instagrammers that are conspiracy theorists now I mean, like every time I'm swiping through, it's just the most average person that doesn't know shit about MK Ultra talking about it like they're an expert with nonstop content. Yeah, yeah. Say, they're Brian, all yeah. It's all. Have you fed. talked to one of these? I have. They don't no. know shit. They don't about know it. Shit. They just read from a script. But what's crazy, dude, is that they'll sit there and they'll be like, "The CIA created MK Ultra," and like they're going into it, and they're like, at the end of it, they're like do your research. Everything's not as it seems like, bitch, you fucking like you can go on yeah. Wikipedia and read what you just fucking said right there, you know? So yeah. no, yeah, it's wild. And I, I find it very suspicious 
for myself personally that there are so many damn conspiracy theorists that know everything you know it's just it's like oh boy like what do we oh i i love going to tiktok because you'll find some out there shit out there you know like i love some of the conspiracy theories that are facts on tiktok <laughs> and you're like dude come on and then you i love bringing them over to instagram and just playing them for people and being like hey look at this shit because i mean there's just wild stuff over there it's the wild west i you know and it's intentional right i mean yeah. china has said that the purpose of tiktok is just straight chaos yeah yeah Conclusion. well you see it I feel like it is very chaotic, but what the saving grace is (laughs) when they get done watching these videos and they get tired of this person who reads a script, they'll come and tune in to Matt's show or to KGUP Presents or Cosmic Peach or Dangerous World because we are consistent and we consistently say, we don't know everything, but check this out. And we've done some research and actually looked. I mean, it's a gimmick in a way to me. And it's not something that really has bones of like, oh, well, I've started this TikTok channel where I read scripts about MK Ultra. It's like, buddy, you might have gotten like a thousand views on that video, but you looked like a wax dummy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's just, it's (laughs) not sustainable, this. Well, and it's that it's like 60 20. seconds of fame, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's short lived and there's no substance to it. Right. All it is. And whoever's feeding them only feeds them for a certain amount of time because these TikTokers seem to get erased or uh, disappear yeah. often. It doesn't matter how many millions of viewers or followers they have, the, the, they just get taken off. Yep. One that I hate, I hate the, the, I don't have a TikTok. I've never gone on there or done anything like ghosts will send me, you know, there you go, dude. We got a lot more in common other than bananas. Um, but yeah, dude, like, uh, you know, ghosts will send me some TikToks about like food and stuff. You know, you know, I like looking at weird food shit and um, it's never appealed to anything. Like it's never been appealing to me. And it's very interesting that you'll see someone with like 2000 Instagram followers go and have like a hundred thousand fucking TikTok followers. It's like, dude, you're you're getting nothing but bots over there and you may have some engagement but you don't think that china has mastered these bot farms i mean they have they're they're it seems like their sole purpose right now is to steal intellectual property from the united states and also waste the citizens time dude i've gotten about three dozen marriage proposals on instagram in the last like two weeks from i can't i don't even know what the letters mean in their name and it's like these people either chinese russian it's it's all like character-based letters and yeah it's it's just been the bots are out of control lately that's yeah. wild i don't yeah i i got a text the other day offering a blowjob it was like some uh, it was some random like not even numbers it was like letters and numbers and i was like okay let's block this oh shit i sent that to you sorry dude <laughs> fuck was that you yeah Damn it, i should have i should have taken you up on it <laughs> No, yeah, it's it's a it's interesting, man. The the fucking uh, amount of of just fake shit out there is wild. And when I use the flat Earth example, I'm not saying that flat Earth is fake. I'm right. I'm I, I it's so tough to know. And, and like I said, I'm agnostic on so many things. And um, I respect the idea and the community behind the flat Earth because it it's something that they're passionate about. And I feel like that is an important idea. Um, 
even though I don't care about it, I think it is important, especially if it's important to some people to know what we're on. Are we on a disc? Are we on a fucking, you know, some people I've, I've heard the idea of like a CD, right. With the black sun in the center there. Um, all kinds of weird shit. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see how that could be important, but. And going I, back to Julia's point, Ryan, think about all the different ways it's been portrayed in movies. Right. And well, that Hollow just, Earth too. Uh, well, yeah, that will. I mean, in, in Kong versus Godzilla alone, they proposed the firmament and Hollow Earth all in one. So, yeah. I mean, all these different movies, though, they have all of these different scenarios out there. So it's like, I mean, and, and who's to say one of them is possible what you, you know, know which one is probably accurate matt we're living in someone's footlocker like men in black it, uh-huh. at a fucking train station and we're Isn't just that a, the necklace of the cat or no yeah, no that's that's necklace yeah, yeah. The no, in men in black too they go to like a train station and they open oh, okay. up like a locker and there's just like this whole world inside this locker and all the people are like, oh, my God, it's our God. And it's like Will Smith just standing there like, what the fuck? Like, oh, what's going on? And so that's probably where we are. <laughs> have, you, my... have you seen that weird episode of Rick and Morty where uh, Rick had to go inside of a battery to repair, like, get the world inside the battery to fix the battery? And then they realized that they were, like, in a, in a completely different world and their no. world is being powered by another battery which has yep. another world so there are all these micro cool. worlds within a world it's like the oh. russian doll thing right mikey I, I that's a great I, show oh you know, yeah, where there's yeah, a yeah. doll within the doll within the right. doll and you just keep pulling it up and they just keep getting smaller as you're going down and they just keep bigger as you're going out exactly mm-hmm. yeah, i was thinking of a, uh, that's a great show too i love that show rick and, and i haven't watched it in a while but it's yeah, yeah it's rick and morty phenomenal heavy pedo feels to it and the guy oh the, the director is a pedophile but the, yeah the show like and that's the thing like i have a tough time with that too because in, in all honesty there's a couple episodes of rick and morty that my sons watch with me and we've been dying laughing together you know yeah. and there's other ones obviously i would never let him even touch but it, i mean it's a cartoon right it's entertainment if, yeah. if we can't relax and not be so tight assed about every single thing that's out there i don't know dude you know the with the director being or the writer whatever being a pedophile there's a while like his first ever movie was him uh and it was like a five minute short of a of him basically having a lucid dream of of going into his neighbor's house raping the baby that was there and killing the baby like this is the director starring in his own short movie of Rick and Morty, you know, portraying that. And he's like having this weird dream. It's super sexual. Uh, I, I haven't watched it. I just like saw a clip of it because it was disgusting. And um, yeah, dude, it's very, very strange, but still a good show. I mean, you, you got to separate the art from the artist at a certain point. I mean, otherwise, like Matt said, you're going to go crazy. My favorite real quick, my favorite uh, portrayal of Hollow Earth. And I was thinking about this the other day is in a bug's life, dude. I yeah. think that's kind of a Hollow Earth reference. Because they all have their little civilization underground. They go above, but then they have like a full city underground, right? When this is where they go when like the bad demons from the sky, the grasshoppers come and shit. It's well, and they cool. talked about that too when the, you know, when the floods came, that's where a lot of people went was underground. And uh they well, just and they also said that the praying mantis people helped them. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, another nice. insect thing, just like Bugs Life. Wow. Well, and they found, I, I think it was last year uh, in Turkey, they found a underground facility that like tunnels and caves and stuff that ha- uh, would house 60,000 people at one time. So they had this huge, intricate system set up underground. And, you know, the the more you get into the old world and you start looking at the architecture and stuff, there is so much beneath our feet that we have no idea. I mean, in in certain areas, it's up to, you know, 10 meters of, of, of rubble that's between us and who knows how many civilizations ago. Well, and I don't want to scare anyone, but I was listening to someone who proposed that we're due for the next one and that yeah. this is just a natural recycling of the planet. 2046. And we will all be buried. Yeah. Is that Archaeus that says that? Yeah. 2046. Uh, no, it was another guy, but uh, yeah, basically we will become the rubble and then the more advanced civilization will take over after we're dust. So maybe I should just drink up instead of trying to get in better shape. But well, 2046, this is what 20. Dude, you got 25 years. You want to get in shape. You want to, you want to make it there in decent shape. And then you can battle a little bit. And then when the end is near, that's when you just let loose and party like a rock star. Okay. You know, cause you got to hold it down. Otherwise you might as well just let it go now and not even see 2046. That's true. My parents will probably still be alive too. They're the only and my sister. So yeah, I guess I don't have any kids, so I don't got to protect them. None of that dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, dude. Then you you do have three dogs. Yeah, they're probably unfortunately not going to be around then, though. You know. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, the good point. <laughs> but I'll have some other dogs by then. But no, dude. Honestly, in 26, 20, what is it? Twenty five years, you'll have a. Uh, your kid will be fucking probably protecting you at that. He'll be point. taking care of me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not you necessarily, but a, a child that's eight years old is going to be in prime fighting shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to have my back at that point. Yeah. I hope what happens is basically like the movie 2012 when they were predicting like the world's going to end and they all have to get on the big boats and they sail off to Africa. I hope what happens is they're wrong about all of this, just like they were in 2012. The world doesn't end. But my one, if I could ask for anything, I just want to be dead. But when this all breaks out, I just want to be like gone. You don't want to see it? I don't want to see it. Oh, you'll be well gone. Don't worry. Don't worry. There (laughs) there are people there. No, listen, because it's going to be the people that want out. You're going to get out easily. You're going to have the out right away. It's gone. You're gone. It's the people that want to hang on. That's going to be the battle of who really wants to stay. I would and love I, to or, see some crazy shit go down. Honestly, well, I was going to say, or maybe if I was just like senile in a nursing go down, home. Guns blazing. Fuck it, dude, yeah. yeah, imagine like seeing the sky open up and shit like starts flying in from there. Like that would just be wild to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and just think of it. I mean, you got to go like ultimate caveman style where all electronics are fried yeah you know you're just seeing the craziest of shit that's not blue beam up in the sky and like a natural then all of a sudden the ground starts moving and you know yeah it'd be a trip sorry go ahead ryan 
No, that was it. I was just saying it'd be a trip. I, I mean, like, I've always wanted to see some crazy shit like that. Even as a kid, I've thought of, like, weird, like, you know, you have crazy dreams when you're a kid from, like, weird movies and stuff that you see. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it's from the movies, Ryan, because that's exactly what I was going to say is I dreamed of this as a child. Like, I, I yeah, yeah. have dreams all the time of, like, the world coming to an end. And um, I also was raised super religious. So my mom would say, yeah. like, you never know. You'll wake up tomorrow <laughs> and Jesus will come back and we'll all be raptured. And you better make sure you're not doing anything to make it to where you're left behind. And it's a comforting used- thought as a kid. Well, <laughs> I used to be like, oh, my God, you know, let me not do this because I want to be raptured. You know, Jesus could come back tomorrow. And I'm not on your toes, asshole, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, he didn't come back. Keep those uh, I got away with some clean. shit. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's a trip. It's it's interesting, but yeah, we're I think we're in for some crazy times here in the next few years. I've been saying that, but I've I've started caring a lot less about it. So it's not worth it. Enjoy, I it. enjoy like life. Life. If it happens, it happens. If you live, you live. If you die, you die. It is what it is. You know, yeah. take it at what it's worth. It's not worth the panic and the paranoia anymore like the fear porn it, those days are over you can't you can't buy the shortages okay if there's shortages we'll adapt we're humans you know i mean it is freaky that the water's starting to go away and like the euphrates and like these other old old rivers and lakes that's drying up that's a little sketchy because it would suck to dehydrate to death Yeah, but you know what it's gonna come back that's the thing. Like, this well, is... did you see? There's like an old tomb that that is ex- being exposed now. Did you oh, see that? You're going to see all sorts of shit supposedly now. You know, as yeah. things dry out. But that's the cycle of the earth. Like, it's funny because I use this little example in my te- my old town that we had this pond, right? And the pond had been the town's pond for hundreds of years. I mean, the town's been incorporated since the early 1700s if not okay. earlier and this has been the town's pond but we hadn't gotten rain a couple you know probably about a decade ago for months and then it happened we didn't we didn't get much in the winter and then we didn't get much the next year and the pond dried out and the people freaked out because they're like well what are the turtles gonna do what about all the fish and like well the fish die the turtles will have to go somewhere else and they're like well what about the pond and like well you can try and fill it by hand or manually, but it's not going to work. You have to just wait for the cycle and eventually we'll get enough rain and that thing will fill back up. And sure enough, not that summer, it was still bare, but come winter, we got a good snow. Spring was a little moist. Then summer was wet. And next thing you know, the pond is full. And I think that's (laughs) the way all this stuff is, you know, it's like, we we are so focused on this second and 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 that there has to be something to battle in right now when in reality we're riding a wave that we don't understand but it's a, the natural way this earth works and and people want to tell you that it's going to end up the worst and it's always going to be doom and gloom because that's how they keep you dependent and that's how they make money off you if you're scared and you need them you are going to do what they tell you or more inclined to Mm -hmm. if you don't give a shit and you just ride the wave and enjoy life and aren't worried about the end of the world it's a whole different way of looking at things so i don't know 
that's just I'm, I'm just done with the fear porn i'm done with the shortages and all that i mean there's people just that are scamming you literally out there scamming you over this yeah. stuff and i just think it's wrong and I don't, I don't think anybody should be out there telling people you know markets are going to crash and you're not going to be able <laughs> to get this and that and go fuck yourself <laughs> they got me i mean i didn't support my patriot supply they're the worst ones i feel like when it comes to that uh you know fear porn stuff and then there's a new one called heaven's harvest this is catering to the christians okay. that uh that they want to scare so they're they're scaring all the people and i've i've kind of like more recently realized that it's probably if there is a god which i lean towards there is um you know and if, i i kind of think you know there's something to the idea of jesus i, I i'm a fan right I think that he or it or whatever doesn't want us to be afraid. I think that's probably one of the biggest sins out there is being afraid. And that's why these entities that run the world want us to be afraid constantly. And not so having just faith, not afraid, you know, you're, yeah, you're already I, winning. Think, I think that's huge, man. I, I honestly do. And especially I've been through a lot of shit the last few years. And that's one of the things that like, it, it seriously makes a difference when you, you believe you know you believe yeah. in something you 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 have faith in something you know there's if you don't believe and you just think everything's going to go to shit then why not just let it right now why would yeah, you just you just kill yourself if, yeah. you know like, that's the thing it's not saying that anyone should do that no but i would say that it's better to not be afraid and it's yeah. it's empowering like you know for the spiritual people out there which i don't agree with that whole mindset but you know, you can empower yourself by just not being afraid. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. So hey, I don't know, man. shout out to Nico because he's off the spiritual kick now too. another. Is one. he really? No, off the whole, like listening to everybody else's experiences, because he's much like you realizing, you know, it's just their experience. Who gives a shit? Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. pumped about that. I'm just sick of hearing everybody go around and talk about their spiritual experience because Honestly, I, that doesn't make a shit of a difference to my life. So why do I care about your spirituality? You know, like, everybody's experience is going to be different. And you yeah. Know. Yeah. And no, like, yeah, they, he, he was saying, you can though, have, he's like, you can have an experience walking to your car. Like, OK, great. <laughs> but why, why do I why do I care? And that's why I am like so many people say like these little synchronicities and things are spirit, you know, these sp great spiritual experiences it's and great profound. signs. Yeah. yeah. Or the numbers, you know, OK, well, the clock says a certain number a couple times a day. So I don't know. I just I, I'm, I'm so I'm with you, Ryan. I'm so soured by it that I, oh, I've yeah. just seen so many scumbags just make money off it and just con people out of like rational thinking and they just follow well the thing with spirituality too it's about yourself and when people are sharing their experiences i mean what's more vain than that they're saying mm -hmm. like some mundane thing that happened throughout the day was profound because it happened to them the fuck yeah. i mean no that that doesn't matter it really doesn't matter that same thing like dude there was one lady and I know you're probably trying to wrap up here, Matt, but there was one lady um, on Grimerica's show right before I went on there. And and for the record, Julia, uh, Graham mentioned you a couple of times on there because we I had was all just reach out to him, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, he had. Yeah. He mentioned you a couple of times because we all talked, I think, on here or maybe it was that talk at the tavern or something. But um, they had someone on there that had the nerve to say that she, she's like a spiritual guide and she had the nerve to say that uh she wishes that she could have been there for the holocaust because if she feels like she could have given someone the positive idea of manifesting the end of the holocaust she could have 
potentially change the change where history. the fuck was she during covid dude that's what you i'm know? saying all these people that do this it's like right. how don't you have a million dollars how don't you have a billion dollars how is there world hunger how is there any of this shit if if you think that you actually can go back in time or you if you could have been there during the holocaust and planted the idea in one of these poor people's fucking minds whether it was real or not let's not go down that rabbit hole because i i do believe that it was real okay some people out there don't matt you did a good piece on that too about the numbers specifically um dude who says that shit who says that he's publishing this huh he's gonna publish this episode no it's already out her name is uh and and it it blew me away too because she she says she's a christian it's on grimerica outlawed and i think it's the one right after the mother earth episode and I listened okay. to both of those just kind of to prep to see what to expect, um, like what they were talking to, what we were going to get into. And uh, they had a lot of spiritual people on there before that. And they say the wildest shit. And they seem like they believe it. And, you know, Graham and Darren are great dudes, you know, open to any any kind of uh, conversation. And, and uh, you know, they were really open to me, like just completely kind of dismissing all this this stuff. And we kind of went back and forth and it was a nice conversation. But yeah, just... I mean, the Mother Earth lady said that she represented the consciousness of Mother Earth. That's why she calls herself Mother Earth. So she wasn't figuratively Mother Earth. She was literally Mother Earth that they were talking to during this conversation. Well, and that's what you get with all those Gaia people, too. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't know. That whole yeah. Gaia.com and shit, that's a scam. And it's these all these I just mother- love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got it. It's not real anymore. We got it. Kind of well, you got to hold people accountable because like the like there's a lot of work that goes into all your guys' shows. And if someone goes out there and just say, like, you know, takes some fucking DMT and then starts thinking that they're the fucking Earth's consciousness, that's <laughs> diminishing all of your guys' work. Mine, yeah. too. You know, yep. like, so fuck those people, dude. And I'm not saying like I want anything to happen to these people, but like that's what is cool about a show like Grimerica. Well, they will talk to these people and a logical person will hear that and be like, this person's full of shit yeah so you know i'm not saying to censor these people or anything but man we got to just hold people accountable and call them fucking crazy when they start talking about crazy shit i think it's important but accountability is huge yeah accountability is huge and no one's accountable anymore nope that's why we are where we are man that's and that's what i'd say i i tell my son i'm like listen (laughs) and and, uh, not in these words but it's it gets back to the fuck around find out listen you want to push the limits you're going to pay the consequences and the more extreme the limits you want to push the more extreme the consequences can be and you are making the choices so it's not on anyone else and 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 that whole concept of accountability is because it's not pushed in the school system anymore it's everyone else's fault and you know, so yeah. you, you got to, we got to instill it in the kids that listen, man, we have to keep your own house in order, be accountable for you and be accountable for your actions and what you do, what you put out there. And, and that's all you can do, you know? And, and I think also Matt taking, you know, making other people accountable if they, you know, commit some kind of like foul play against you personally, and you're there and you can do something about it not saying go straight to violence or anything, but sometimes violence is the answer to this shit. Right. Or if someone's just like fucking with you, like, you know, make sure that they know that, that you're not the person to fuck with, like in any situation, whether it's digital, you know, you go to prison, you find the biggest guy and just start a fight with him first day. You know, that's what I did. Fuck somebody up. I'm just kidding. I never went to prison. Yeah. Me neither. (laughs) I saw, I saw it in Shawshank. 
<laughs> no, yeah, man, it's crazy. But yeah, man, fucking holding people accountable and holding yourself accountable, I think is important. So yes, sir. I think I that's a great go ahead, Mikey. I was gonna say there, I, I don't I work in the school system and I don't see any accountability. There's no accountability teaching. It's all about groupthink and diversity, having you know, everyone who is different skin color except white are more important <laughs> and everybody thinking the exact same way. And there is more pressure on being good writers, but there is no like emphasis on like, you know, getting kids to like read. Like I, I tell kids to read. I mean, if you want to be a good writer, you need to read and read and read lots of books. And then one of these like ATC, ATC uh, teachers, she came to our school to give a lesson and she's like, you guys need to read and you need to read books that have been banned. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, back. I was like, oh, wow. And we started talking about manipulation of like our history and everything. And, and she she was just like, you know, red pilled. And I was very surprised. And I'm like, we need more people like you, you know, because I'm surrounded by people who are asleep. And they, they come straight out of school and college, and then they become teachers and say they don't know any more than, than the students. So, you know, I'm working in an industry where nobody knows anything. They're just regurgitating what they learned in, in, in universities. You're training and, for the tests, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's less about tests now. I mean, it's all about writing. But these kids don't ha don't have any original thought. They don't know. They're not allowed to explore outside of the the Google Scholar or the the search engines that are that are programmed to manipulate the minds of today. So you you're not allowed to to count. Uh, you know, go outside of these like websites to find real information and real stories or, or like real uh, publications by doctors and stuff that are counter like COVID research. Like these doctors are just being, their licenses are being taken away or they're just buried. So it's it's crazy to see, mm. you know, you, you can't write anything. Otherwise it just gets rejected. It's all oh, the IB platform is not gonna accept this, you know, cause it's not mainstream thought, so. Wow, that's crazy. That's really interesting to me like that because I haven't been in school in 10 years, right? Or, yeah, more than that now. So it's that's very wild. Controlled. And then uh, during our training, I, I was reading our handbook and I discovered that most of our funding comes from the, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation <laughs> and oh, the Waltons Foundation. So I was like, holy shit, this is yep. crazy. The Waltons, the Walmart Foundation, basically? Yeah. yeah, it's and that's where it comes from. It either comes from Gates, Walton, or Rockefeller. Those yeah. are the three main donors to education nowadays. What can go wrong, huh? So they're just constantly causing confusion. And where teachers have worked so long, they don't have they don't have time to to research and find out the truth about anything. It's just like doctors. I mean, they're, they're so overworked because they have to make their their nut to, to pay their people and, and pay their bills or whatever their student loans. I mean, they're in debt $500,000 when they come out of college now to become a doctor. So they don't have time to do any, they, they can't question anything. And their mm. risks, their, their licenses on, on the line because they're, they don't believe the, the current narrative. I mean, they're, they're fucked. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> get that scarlet letter, right? You get that any sort of ripples about any questions yep. about you. And now, yeah, good luck getting any sort of promotion going forward. Right. Yep. Hmm. guys 
this has been outstanding. Why don't uh, let's go around the horn, tell everybody where we can find you, what you're up to, and uh, let's get out of here. Uh, Mikey, let's go with you first. Sure. Um, you know, recently I've been haven't been doing that many shows. I mean, I did a show with with Julia not too long ago, but I'm working on a a, a, a kind of like a mini documentary on chemtrails. I want to work on other kind of like mini documentaries about stuff that I'm like really passionate about, and then follow it up with an interview. Um, actually, still looking for someone to do an interview about chemtrails that have a little more knowledge than I do, and that's what I'm going to be doing for the next you know, probably six months or so just to kind of scale back the interviews just because it's so time consuming and it's exhausting. <laughs> like I, you know, work just takes up a lot of my time, but you can find my, my show at uh, KGUP 1065.com. You can find me on Instagram at uh, KGUP FM and uh, Twitter KGUP FM. So. so Mikey, thank you. Pleasure as always. Thanks. Same. Julia, what's going on on the Cosmic Peach these days? Um, So I have the whole month of October mapped out. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better Halloween special than the Cosmic Peach podcast. So look forward to that next month. But speaking about like what you guys were talking about with doctors, I have the mayor of a city and a surgeon who are both conspiracy theories on the show this month. So there's super great interviews. You don't want to miss it. It's Cosmic Peach Podcast, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then Instagram, cosmic.peach.podcast. And thank you, Matt, for having me on. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Julia. Right, what do we got? Same stuff for me, man. Uh, same stuff as every week. So uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's always fun. Mondays are great. Mikey, that last bit that you that you talked about with the school is really interesting to me, man. Maybe if you want, we could do like a episode on like the education system, how it's changed, because I know nothing about that. And I could look into it a little bit, see what I can find. That's fascinating. Yeah. I know that you and I kind of half ass planned an episode. Um, I'd love to, to follow through with that, though, man. And uh, very interesting, though. But yeah, dude, um, I mean, my, I got really set back with all of my goals and my plans because my computer just took a complete shit on me. But uh, it's it's up and running now. It's got a little external Wi-Fi connector. Uh, so, you know, we're good to go. But, um, yeah, just going to get back to, uh, you know, pumping out the regular content. You know, I got to about four episodes a week and then shit got upside down. So we'll get back there and uh, hopefully this week. And, um, yeah, just the same old shit, man. But uh, thanks again for another fun Monday to all you guys. And, uh, Matt, what's new with you, dude? We got UFC this weekend, right? Oh, we do. We got 279. Oh, that's right. Okay, good, good, good. Yes. All right. Yeah, Nate Diaz versus uh, the upcoming Kamzat Shumayev, who's a freak of nature. Um, kind of seems like they're sending Nate Diaz out on his shield because this is his last fight of his UFC career. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why, but Nate Diaz always has a chance, man. I love the UFC. And one thing that I was going to mention that well, I don't want to get into it, but Maybe for next week, that Tapology website. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, basically, everyone goes in and votes on who they think is going to win in these fights. And I kind of felt like if this consciousness thing, if there's something to it, which I, I don't disagree necessarily, is that influencing the actual outcome of a fight when you have thousands and thousands of people out there saying who they think is going to win, right? And they're actually marking it down in this digital 
realm known as the internet is that actually kind of like manifesting itself in a weird way is that kind of pulling the outcome of the fight one way or the other i don't know because no, if that was true donald trump would be president right now well that's true right i mean there's so there's definitely some weird thing but that i mean that goes into like fraud and all this stuff i tend to think that these fights are real i i mean i i think they are it wouldn't surprise me if they were all paid actors at the end of the day um but yeah i, I just wonder how much excuse me i wonder how much something like that where people go in and vote on the idea of something happening uh how much that actually influences it but yeah no thanks for bringing up ufc dude i fucking love that shit lately man that's I'm pretty obsessed. interesting man yeah we'll, we'll 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 talk more about this one because i'm interested in this card too and 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 i miss i'm interested with that too because along that lines that gets into gambling and fantasy sports as well and does that also kind of sway the ether or, or you know the uh the thought process out there as to what the intentions are into the game so yeah that could be a whole different animal man yeah dude i'm thinking about starting a ufc mma podcast with an australian buddy so if you want to jump in fuck around on that a little bit too yeah i'd love to talk about that shit for days so yeah anything new with you though man before we i know that you're no not really nothing much just getting settled in my new place and uh, i was i was down in connecticut with my sister this weekend took this my boy down there so uh it's been nice man starting to get back in the groove of podcasting gonna look at some old world stuff next week we have an old world monday night master debaters so uh rye you can come with questions you can sit back and twiddle your thumbs you can rip it apart do what you want i'll see what i can uh, do send me some uh I'll listen to your old episodes, obviously, and then maybe send me anything that you think I could look into that you think uh, might have something to do with it or point me in the direction where I can find shit. Yeah, because I'm I'm excited to hear the three. How many two other people other than you? There's hopefully going to be three other guests, three old world specialists, I call them. Uh, they got great Instagram pages and YouTube and stuff like that. So uh, it should be fun. Sounds like I'll probably be the comedy relief for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I won't have much I'm to just add. the MC. I'm just here to pass the mic around. That's all I'm doing. I'm Rogan holding on to that thing for dear life. I can't let go of it. <laughs> cool, man. I'm excited. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, everyone, go check out the Great Deception podcast. You know where to find it. Check out the links all down below for everybody here. Guys, thank you so much. Everyone stay strong and question everything. Mm-hmm.